What's up, everybody? Welcome to my podcast. And today I have a very special guest because he is a success coach that uses a form of transformation that I'm really, really into called hypnosis, among many other things. And I've met him out here in Hollywood and I see him work with some of the biggest artists out here. And he's really focused on making changes in people in an immediate and noticeable way. This is Marcel. Hey, thanks for having me on. What is hypnosis? Hypnosis is a way to reprogram the brain. So, you know, from age zero to eight, you're programmed a certain way. We learn languages a certain way, you know, and you emulate all these behaviors. It's because your brain is in a brainwave state called theta. Theta is hypnosis. So if we're programmed in hypnosis, why not be reprogrammed in hypnosis? The problem is after childhood, you kind of grow up, you have your own patterns, they're formed, and then it's hard to make a change. So people say they want to go to the gym, they want to make more money, they want to lose weight, they want to have more confidence, they want to quit a habit, and they can't. And it's not that they can't, it's that they haven't gone into the right brainwave state for the brain to say, okay, now I can make the change. Right. So it's like they're almost programmed not to take action. Exactly. So, you know, I always say if you're programmed not to be successful, success is impossible. If you're programmed to be successful, success is inevitable. There's nothing you could do to not make it happen. You'll walk in a room and accidentally make money. And there are people that, you know, maybe you know them yeah. uh, that just seem to have money fall in their lap all the time, or they happen to have, you know, the right relationship always show up or the right people always show up. And they, they seem so lucky. It's not that they're lucky. It's that their brain is programmed to make a certain amount of decisions, very calculated, tells you where to go, when to go, how to dress, how to feel. Yep. And just, you know, you act in such a way that makes you charismatic and you attract the things you want in life. And vice versa too. Like I have friends that are like that, but also I know some people that have always a story of something bad happening. Every time I talk to them, they're like, ah, oh, this thing happened. This, oh, yeah. It's like, dude, nothing's, you bring it on yourself. Yeah, nothing's going well in my life. You know, everyone is bad. Right, somebody did something terrible to me. And it's like... Yeah, because they're programmed for that. You know, and yeah. if that's what you grew up being familiar with, that's what your life's gonna look like. So I, I always tell people, like, the biggest pandemic we have is, a, is bad programming. Yes. Like, people are being programmed, and, and now it's worse than ever. You know, we see depression's all-time high, suicide rate's all-time high, drug overdose rate's all-time high, and the reason it's at an all-time high is because we're constantly being programmed to be victims and have all these problems. So, you know, when I work with people, whether I work with celebrities, or I work with billionaires, or I work with millionaires, or just regular everyday people, I see that there's common patterns, and the patterns that make people happy and fulfilled are very, very different than the patterns that make people sad or depressed. And typically, you know, even when I started this, I started this 10 years ago, uh, I saw more positive patterns than I see now. And there is a trend in, the ne in a negative direction where people are becoming more and more negative. Uh, more and reinforced. Yes, and it's being rewarded. Yes. And that's the problem. Like, they're, you know, when, when you're crying and everyone's like, oh, I love you, and all of a sudden you're getting more attention, you're becoming more popular because you're depressed and because you're suicidal and because you're going through a problem, you know, it's bad. And these people now are, are almost glorifying the victimhood, right? It's becoming yeah. the status. So yeah, it's becoming like a token, like at the party, like it's like who, who can be the biggest victim gets the biggest reward. Not to say that there aren't actual victims of people going through real shit in the world, right? But in America, there's a lot of imagined suffering. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's real suffering too, but there's a lot of what we actually experience yeah. is literally in our head. You know, there's a lot of things we can't control, right? So yeah. if God forbid something happens to someone, they've been through an accident or been through something horrible. I always encourage them to not look at it as a place of, I feel bad for myself, because then you immediately disempower yourself. Whenever you blame the circumstance, you are now disempowering your ability to change. If I blame my environment for why I'm not successful, why this happened, I blame my ex-partner for why the relationship ended. Even if it's true, you are taking the control you have away from yourself and giving it to someone else. And I think that's the worst thing someone could do. You have to take as much responsibility as possible for everything that happens in your life. And if you do that, now you could say, hey, I can make a change here and I can make a change there. And then ultimately, you now gain more control over the things you want. And you know, it's funny, something you said is that even if it's true, it doesn't mean it's useful. 
That's right. Just because something is accurate doesn't mean it's helpful. I always say the map is not the territory, right? So a lot of people have a certain map. And, you know, people always ask me, well, Marcel, isn't this realistic? Look, even if it is realistic, is that the best strategy to go about life? Like, is it the best strategy to think that maybe you can't make a million dollars in a month or $10 million in the next three months? Probably not the best strategy. Why? Because now you're not going to be as hungry. You're not going to be as motivated. You're not going to go out and talk to people. If there is a chance for you to make that outcome happen, believing in it is the number one yeah. strategy to make it happen. Right. Because we don't do what we don't believe in. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I always tell people like, you know what, for example, in sales, why doesn't someone buy something? Right. You know they don't buy something because they don't believe they're going to make the money back. They're so focused on what they're losing, not what they're going to make. So whenever you're selling someone, it's, you know, people always say, oh, it's because they don't see enough value. It's not that they don't see enough value. It's that they don't see themselves making the money back. Yeah. So someone who doesn't, is not willing to spend money, it's because they don't believe they're going to make money. So I could be in line with someone at Starbucks and I'll know based on how long it takes them to order Starbucks, based on how they're looking at the menu, the price at a restaurant, I know how rich they are. Yeah. Because I don't look at the price. I'm like, give me my Starbucks, even though I barely go. If I'm yeah. at a steakhouse, I'm like, yeah, I want this side, this side. I'll try that steak, that steak. Because I'm, I'm here to live. I'm confident to make the money back, so I don't care, right? I just bought yeah. a Ferrari, I just bought a Porsche. I, you know, I live life very lavishly. I, I do not care because I'm so confident the money will come back in my bank account. I'm never focused on losing it. If you focus on losing it, it means you believe you're not gonna make it. It's a scarcity mindset. Exactly. It's self-fulfilling. And, and most people live in that. Yeah, even in relationships, right? Like if you're so scared of losing your partner, you'll act in a way that'll cause them to go yeah, away. Yeah, you'll be in stress, you'll be less attractive. That's not what made them attracted to you. What made them attracted to you is not the stress or the fear of them cheating on you or leaving you. Right. What made them attracted to you is the fact that you were charismatic and happy and enjoyed being around them. You weren't constantly focusing on an outcome that hasn't happened. Right. You know, people are not present. So when you're present, you're in the moment. You're creating whatever you want. And whether you like to believe it or not, even though your mind may not be present, you are always living in the moment. So if your mind is somewhere else, then you're bringing that future into the present and you are literally creating it. So someone yeah. who's in abundance makes decisions out of abundance will have an abundant life. Someone who makes decisions out of scarcity will have a scarce, you know, a scarce life. And it almost sounds like bullshit to the people that aren't aware of this, but then they wonder why are things always going bad for them? Well, because they're also focused on yeah. it not working out. If someone's watching this and says, this is not gonna work for me, it's because you already are literally hypnotized to fail. Yeah. You're focused on you losing. How are you gonna win if you only see yourself losing? This is for losers. I'm skeptical. I don't think it'll work on me. What a ridiculous mindset. That's the exact mindset, which is why you don't have what you want. Yeah. yeah. Now, for somebody who's watching this, okay, and they say, all right, I'm, I'm willing to buy into this theory, right? And from their perspective, okay, okay, Marcel, how do I hypnotize myself to make more money? Right, because yeah. like we said earlier, the truth is that they are struggling. Yep. That shit is happening to them. It's not like they're making it up. Shit really is happening. Shit really is hard. So, so how do you break that pattern? So if we're talking specifically about money, the number one thing that I find people have a problem with, which is why they don't make more money. This is why people don't make more money. It's because they have a bad relationship with money. Mm. Most people pedestalize money. Making money is a big deal. So if a certain amount of money is a lot of money, I'm not gonna be able to ask for it. I'm not gonna be able to go for it. I'm not gonna be able to think about it. It's too big. It's overwhelming. It's on a pedestal. Anything you put on a pedestal is hard to reach. You have to devalue money. Ironically, you have to have no value to money whatsoever. <laughs> and that's when you make money. A billionaire doesn't care about hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, Most right. millionaires don't care either. And if they do, it's because they're either new to money or they have a bad mindset around it. You don't want to get rich by being cheap. You want to get rich by making so much you can't spend it. Every time I've given clients discounts, they've been late on payments. But when I overcharge, they pay almost up front. I never, ever give discounts. Yeah. I'll only charge more. If someone asks for a discount, I double down on the price and yeah. make them charge me more. And if anything, I make it even harder for them to get in. I, I won't take someone who's not, if someone can't afford it, but they want to do it, I'll work something out with them. Right. But if someone is just genuinely cheap, 
I'm not going to work with them. I can't work with scarcity because they are telling me they are committed for to, to, to not get the result. Are you coming to pay me to prove that you're not going to get the result? Like, why are, you, why are you wasting my time or your time? Yeah, it's so interesting because I see that happen in relationships too, where people are like defending their weakness. Like you tell them, no, no, you can be strong. You can do this. And they're like, no, I'm telling you I can't. I'm telling you I can't. It's like, well. Well, the answer to that is you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. What? Yeah, you're right. You're a loser. Why am I with you? Right. Why, why am I with you? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, you are what you say you are, yeah. But that's a pattern interrupt. Now all of a sudden they change because the intention behind saying that is to get some kind of validation. Don't give them the validation. You know, it's completely opposite what people think. But most of what people say is nonsense. I don't listen to what they say. I look at what they do and I look at why they're saying what they're saying. (laughs) Yes, there's what I'm saying and what that says about me. Yes, And, and, and I think intention is the one, if there was one lens someone should put on their eyes, intent. What is my intention here? What's the intention here? Yes. You know? Especially like going into like a social setting or a business meeting. Like you can't just go in there as a reactor. Sure, you have to adapt, but you have to know what your mission is going into it. I remember back when I used to have social anxiety, I would tell myself, okay, imagine that maybe there's somebody who's like suicidal at this party and me bringing a good vibe is going to help them feel better tonight. Whatever. It's like a, a basic frame. Okay, I'm going into it with a frame. Then I, it, now I have a reason to be there instead of being like, is it going my way? It's, the intention changes everything. Yeah, in my mind, everything's always going my way. I don't yeah. really care. I don't remember anyone who says something that doesn't work out. You know, I, I'm just there and I'm having a great time. And I think a lot of people have a mindset that stifles them from this. You know, I'll give you a great example. If I walk into a room and my mindset is, I'm here to have fun. That's my intention. I'm literally here to have fun. I don't need anything from anyone. I don't need anything. I don't need money. I don't need anything. Right. Well, then you have a night like last night for me, right? Where I walk into this gala and I meet Caitlyn Jenner and then I go hang out with Lamar Odom. We go to a club after and I befriend him, right? Yeah. Because I didn't have any expectations. I went in there and I didn't really care. It was just a great time. But if I go into something, like when I was younger, remember I was like 18, I walked into this networking event and my intention was to make some money. I was so broke. I'm like, I need to make money. And I didn't get anybody to pay attention to me you know i was at a networking event last week i got invited my friend he's a billionaire and he's like hey these are really really great people you know they're doing a dinner you should go i end up going there and he's like hey i'm landing in la i'll be there a bit later so i show up at 7 he was going to show up at 8 30. by the time he showed up i ended up giving a seminar to 50 people at this thing they actually all sat down inside like hey can you give a seminar? No one knew who I was when I walked in. Yeah. By the time I left, I had given a seminar to everyone there, venture capitalists, startup uh, CEOs, people who have exited companies, like very awesome people. And I turned a regular networking event into a full-on seminar without intent. I didn't even plan on it. They actually asked me, but I think I unconsciously seeded these thoughts because I'm so abundant that they're like, yo, if we can get this guy to do this, it'd be awesome. And, and you were bringing something to the table. It was flowing out of you. It wasn't like, let me give you this if you guys cut me a check. Yeah, no. I, cut, the check will come. Yeah, I don't care about the money. Yeah. You know, like I, money comes. Like I don't need anyone's money. Like someone, I remember I was on the phone with this guy and he's like, you know, why should I give you a million dollars? I'm like, bro, I don't want to work with you. Like, I charge a million dollars to work with someone one-on-one. I barely want to work with anyone one-on-one because it takes up a lot of my time and attention. Because results are my biggest thing. Reputation is number one. So if I take someone on, it means I have to get them the results. I have to, have to, have to do it. Right? I took a company from 30 million to a billion in 10 months. I coach wow. the, I, and I have equity in that company now and it's awesome, but I have to get the result. If I don't get the result, I can't work with them. So when I take someone on, I'm committing to the outcome. I'm like, this is the outcome I must produce. And you know, they're like, well, why should I give it to you? It's like, don't. You know, like, mm-hmm. like don't because, you know, I'm, I have a multiple eight figure coaching business. I'm one of the most successful coaches in the world, uh, you know, 25. And I can tell you this, you know, when you're making over a million a month, what does 84K a month amount to? You know, it, it doesn't really make a difference in my life. It doesn't change my day to day. You know, if you're making 33K a day, which is minimum revenue I have to make in my company, right? 33K a day, someone pays me 84K, 
you tell me like two and a half days of work, almost three days of work, yeah. you know, like it doesn't, you're not helping me that much. You know, it's not like I need your money. It doesn't do anything. Someone might argue, well, you know, you could put that here, you could put that there. But when you're playing at a bigger level, a certain amount of money doesn't really change you. If I hire two more closers, I'm, I'm good to go. I made the difference, right? right? But your time is a limited resource. Time is the only resource, right? And I always tell people, if you value money over time, then you're never going to make a lot of money. But if you value time over money, you start to actually value the real currency. I, you know, when you wake up in the morning, imagine every, you know, imagine you have two minutes left to live, right? I'll give you this example. Yeah. How much would you give for 60 more seconds? Anything. Anything. So imagine waking up in the morning, but instead of being productive and you get up and you start working right away, you spend an extra 10 minutes on your phone, you go to the bathroom, you kind of lollygag, you spend more time in the shower, you chill. If you look at how much time, let's just say every minute costs if someone doesn't value time, $1,000, which is horrible, but let's just say you only value yeah. $1,000 a minute, right? How many minutes a day are you wasting? How much time are you wasting that you're never gonna get back? And you know, if you have employees, you have 10 employees, and you allow them to be five minutes late every day. That's five times 10, yeah. And it adds up, and you have these massive corporations, well, you have 5,000 employees and 50 are late, five minutes. What is that over the year? It adds up quick. Massively. And, you know, so I always tell people, if you don't value time and you don't respect time yourself, you're not going to make it happen. I'm 25 where I'm at because I value time. People are like, wow, you're so young. I'm like, no, I'm not young. I just value time. Yes. You know, the USA, our founding fathers, most of them were younger than me. Yeah. You people know? don't realize that. They were like in their 20s yeah. signing the declaration. Your mind is sharpest at 25. Hmm. There is a cognitive decline after 25. Yeah. You might have more wisdom, more experience, but your physical prime is 25 years old as a man. And we have this narrative that it should take you to your late 30s to then get into your career. Why? And then go into debt? Yeah, because imagine you are pushing a massive industry, education industry. Go to college, then go to college again for you know your bachelor's or PhD, then apply for a job, but you don't have experience, so we can't hire you. Then you build a decade of experience and then eventually you start making money. And you know, you're if that industry is even around or hasn't shifted. Well, let's talk yeah. about AI. Most industries right now are gonna be out of business. <laughs> Law, out of business. My sister just became a lawyer, passed the bar last yeah. last Thursday, what, four days ago? So now she can be a lawyer. Great. Her industry is screwed in three years from now. Yeah, I use ChatGPT to review my contracts. Well, yeah. watch. Watch what happens when you start having a AI become your lawyer and do trial for you. I mean, all these lawyers don't realize they're about to lose their, their job. Everyone who works at fast food is about to lose their job. Mm -hmm. you know, and, it, and you might be surprised which industries come first. It's actually, I think, going to be the creative industries that are going to be annihilated. Yep. You know, And the only thing to hedge against AI is to either use it in your own company, have a business, yep. or two, have a personal brand. People are still going to like celebrities. Yeah. And they're still going to like people who are well-known, and they're going to want to connect with you because there's still going to be that human need for interaction. So really blowing up your personal brand will be a hedge. It's not going to be the ultimate security, but I think that's the ultimate way to avoid what's about to happen with the AI. People don't realize we're about to be in the craziest time in history in terms of recession. Every job is going to be wiped out. Yeah. I mean, if you have a job, you're, you're going to get wiped out. You better start a company now. I agree. Because it's funny because the way I use AI is just to speed up how I deliver projects now, right? Like AI, I'm using it to now get 10x done in a week. Right. I mean, it's it's it, and and soon, like you have to be on the right side of innovation, right? Like when the music industry changed from CDs to downloads, they could have bitched about it, or they started iTunes Music. The, the you have time to of roll this with the winners. This is November twelfth, yeah. two thousand twenty-three. In a year from now, it's gonna be very different. In mm -hmm. three years from now, it's gonna be very very different. So anyone watching this, you know, I'd like you to understand we're in twenty twenty-three in November, and you know, I'm I'm gonna call it out now. The train is moving very quickly, and it's going to leave. And if you don't get on the train now, you'll never get on the train. Yeah. And 
I think a lot of people are discounting what's happening. This is the biggest weakness people have. When I coach companies and I coach individuals, I coach relationships, people have no foresight. They do not see the consequences of their actions. And by the way, not taking action is an action in itself. So not going for an opportunity, not taking action, that is an action that is guaranteeing a failure. You know, and we're not highlighting AI enough. Let, let me tell you, like AI is coming for everything. Yeah. And if I'm a business owner and I have a thousand people on customer support and I pay 20 million a year to run this massive customer support call center in one snap of my fingers at maybe a hundred thousand dollars tops to maintain this thing a year. And that's expensive. I'm exaggerating. Yeah. AI is going to be very cheap. Okay. A hundred thousand dollars a year at most to, to maintain this. I have a call center that's more efficient, faster, uh, communicative and understands how to turn things around. It's not there yet, but it will be. I'm sure the coaching industry too is eventually gonna have, I'm sure Tony Robbins is probably running all his questions and answers from all the seminars. Soon I, you'll just have Tony in your pocket. Well, I have an AI right yeah. now. That is me that you could talk to, has every seminar I've ever done and has the same logic, same thinking, same adjectives, same verbs, pronouns, communicates exactly how I do, knows every single one of my like uh, topics. It Smart. So I did this, I implemented this for the last year. I've been programming it and you know, people pay me 30K a year to be part of that. That's amazing. And so if somebody's insane. so if somebody's listening to this right now, let's say they're bought in to this whole conversation. Mm -hmm. Great. Other than going to a, a coach on their own, what can people do to start reprogramming their mind? I think people have to be consistent, and you have to be consistent at what you want, not what you don't want. People are consistently inconsistent. They say they want to go to the gym, they go for a couple of days, then they stop. Right? They're consistently inconsistent. So I would say, someone who wants to reprogram their mind needs to understand that they have to learn how to feel like the person they want to be. Mm. Emotions create all actions and all behaviors. And emotions come from the images in your mind. If you don't know where you're going, and most people don't know where they're going, they have no idea the direction. If you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. Mm -hmm. So you have to know where you're going, and then you have to see it in your mind. I visualize where I'm going to be every day, probably 10 hours a day. Every hour I'm awake, there's an image in the back of my mind that says, Marcel, this is getting you closer to having a stadium with 15,000 people and you're changing their life and you're hypnotizing them. Every moment of my life, I'm like, how do I get better? How do I improve my skill? I'm studying, every time I'm talking to someone, I'm studying their body language. I'm like, okay, how can I use this on stage? The reason I'm such a good hypnotist and I'm so fast, I'm faster than anyone else and I'm more effective than anyone else is because I'm like, I need to create a skill set for when I'm on stage, 15,000 people, I can't call someone up and be like, Close your eyes. No, I gotta be intense. I gotta be fast and I gotta be effective 100% of the time. There's no, I can't be hypnotized. No, there's none of that. You can't do that. You yeah. have to make sure that no matter what it works and every time I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit it on the dot, right? It's an so, unstoppable frame. Exactly. So you said consistency is important, right? It, it reminds me of an old quote. People used to say, uh, don't dress for the job you have, dress for the job you want. But mm -hmm. in your case, it's don't think about what you don't want, think about what you do want. You have to vibrate at the result. Yes. From a sense of gratitude, not from a sense of pedestal. Not like, I wish one day I could make a million dollars. It's like, no, how would you feel and breathe right here, right now? Yes, so you yeah. wanna always make decisions out of abundance. People make decisions out of scarcity because that's when you're in a, when you're in a problem, you gotta make a solution, right? So you're not gonna create a solution for a problem in the state that you were in when the problem was created. So for instance, if I was in scarcity, because all of a sudden I got a parking ticket, now I'm going broke, I'm not making my bills. Well, guess what? I have to get into the mindset that I'm very successful to find a solution. I always tell people, you're always focusing on the future. Your brain's number one job is to see what the future is gonna do. Mm. Based on where you think you're gonna be, your expectation of the future, you're gonna feel a certain way now. You don't feel good now because of, oh wow, I feel so great now. You, know, you feel good now because of what it means about your future. Right. You met someone, they're gonna pay you, now you see a good thing happening in the future. You met a, a beautiful person, you attracted them, you see a future with them, that's why you're excited now. You feel like shit because you see something not working out in your future. You're always seeing the future in your mind. People don't know that. Right. And that's what we call focus. 
So when you focus on a future where you don't have what you want, you're going to feel like shit. And when you feel like shit, no one wants to get up. No one wants to be motivated. You don't want to go up to people. Why doesn't someone go up to someone and get their number? Because they see themselves getting rejected before. Why don't they ask for more money? Because they see themselves getting rejected. They see themselves losing. So you finally have the courage to do it. But in the state where you, you see it not happening and your subcommunication, the way it comes out of your mouth is unconfident, unattractive, unappealing, yeah. and I'm not sold. Yeah, it's like they're asking, expecting to not even get it. There is no question in my mind, I'll get everything I want. Yeah. No question. I have no fear because fear equals me focusing on what I don't want. Right. It, even, even if right now we're going into World War III, even if it's the end of the world, how does it serve me to focus on? Yes. It doesn't make me feel good. So I'm going to enjoy every moment of my life and be delusional. Well, maybe I'm not being realistic, right? Realistically, yeah, there's a good chance. AI can end us. There's a lot of things that can end us. There's a great chance. But- I'm not going to feel good thinking about it. Yeah, you're in charge of your own human experience, subjectively, no matter where you are. Even if you got captured and you were like a POW, yes. it's up to you to survive as a POW mentally. Yeah. And I feel a lot of people are a prisoner of their own beliefs. Mm. They don't know what their beliefs are. You're not aware of your beliefs. It's like literally, it's like driving a car and you have no idea where the GPS is programmed to take. Right. <laughs> and your beliefs are that, right? Do I believe it's hard to make money? Do I believe that I'm not good enough? Do I believe that no one will find me attractive or I'm not able to speak or I'm not communicative or I'm not coordinated or I'm not athletic or I'm not healthier or it's genetic and I have a slow metabolism or all these nonsense beliefs. These are the things that create the life you don't want or the things that create the life you do. Your beliefs are a pot of gold. And if you don't change your beliefs to what you want, you will never, ever, no matter what you do, have what you want. I think people need to focus on their mindset more than anything else in, in life. And, you know, if you look at politically right now, their job is to make us focus on things we don't want. They want to create right. a, a society that is reliant on the government, that is constantly a victim disempowered. They want to train psychologists, therapists, personal development. They want to train people to do things that don't work. Why do people go to therapy for seven years and it doesn't work or they get min minimal results? Why do you believe it takes years to change? It takes me minutes to yeah. get someone to have a transformation. You go to a therapist for a decade and you didn't get the result. How embarrassing. Imagine <laughs> they want that billing. Yes, that consistent billing. It's yeah. not that they want the billing. That's yeah. the business model. Forget right. the business model. It's because they're educated to think that this is psychology. This is how it works. No. Who runs psychology? Who, who runs the education system? Mm. Who's teaching these people? Who's teaching? You know, right now, if you look at kindergarten, it's an assembly line. Yeah. It's an assembly line to the next political agenda. So I grew up Pledge of Allegiance, proud to be an American, patriotic. Mm -hmm. Go look now. Yeah. They don't do that. Right, because they're changing things. They want to have more power. They want to, I mean, I'm not even being conspiracy theorists here. This yeah, is literally what is doing. what's happening. Yeah, that's why you see mental health is going massively, massively in the wrong direction. And it's becoming normal. It's normalized to be depressed. It's normalized to be sad. It's normalized to be suicidal. Why is it normal? Our ancestors weren't. This is not normal, but they're making you believe it is. And anytime someone comes around, and changes that. And all of a sudden people start getting to personal development and it threatens their agenda. Decades of priming, they have to, they have to nuke it. Yep. So who, who's the biggest person we know in the last year that just got massively canceled? Not because he's so great. Tate yeah. and Brand. Yeah, and they're both waking people up and then just- And they're not even that good. Yeah. They're just big. And because they're big and they're making people come and stand out into personal development, this is a movement you can't do as one person. One person is not enough. They can cancel a person. They can't cancel an ideology. They can't cancel a movement if you do it collectively. It's something people have to get on board. 
and make it a habit. You have to make it a habit to meditate. You have to make it a habit to focus on what you want. You have to make it a habit to realize that mental health is easy to change. You're depressed, easy to change. You have negative thoughts, easy to change. All these things are easy to change. Do not listen to the therapist that told you that. Do not listen to the, the mental health you know, person that, that said, hey, you know, you're damned for life. They are a liar. They are incompetent. They do not know what they're doing. I get people at my seminars all the time. I just had a seminar. This guy comes to me, he's like, look, this thing has been weighing on me for 11 years, right? It's ruining his marriage. He's been married for 11 years. This happened 11, right at the beginning of his marriage. Right. He watches his dad die. His mom made, a, his wa made him say goodbye to his dad and watch his dad die. And it fucked him up. And in 30 seconds, I hypnotized him on stage. Every time he thinks about his dad dying, he laughs. He doesn't feel bad, doesn't feel negative. Change the association to it. Instantly yeah. though, instantly. And you know, I just went <laughs> sleep, you feel good, you laugh at this, right? And then bam, a little bit more, I said a little bit more, but you know, now he's great. He's like, dude, my life is changing. I feel amazing. Why though? It happens because life can change in an instant, right? You fall in love in an instant. You mm -hmm. make a decision to marry someone in an instant. You make a decision to say yes to something in an instant. You get a car accident, you're scared of driving, instant. You go through something traumatic, instant. All these changes happen in a moment. Yeah, Some, it takes us years to get around to that moment, but the moment is a moment. That's right. And instead of waiting years to move on, instead of waiting years to get over the X, years to you know, make a change or wait till things happen that are so hard where you're forced to make a change, why not bring all those moments, the, take the thing we value the most, our time, condense it to right now. Yeah. And, and say, right now, I'm gonna own this moment. I'm gonna own the now. And in this now, I'm gonna make a change. The change is I'm committing to the future I want. You know, when I started this, no one believed in me. Nobody. Like, what is this kid doing? He's dropping out of college. He was gonna be a doctor. Now he's doing this stupid, ridiculous thing. What is hypnosis? Yeah. Who is this guy? And now I laugh. I, I, I take laps around doctor's salaries. You know, what a doctor makes in a month, a cardiovascular surgeon makes $27,850 a, a month yeah. in, in California, in LA, which is a very, very popping market, right? If I don't make that in a day, I didn't do good. Right. So I didn't think I'd be making that. I thought I'd be making 20, 10, you know, and be doing really well. I didn't see that far ahead. But as I make progress, as I grow, it exponentially improves. Your mindset is like a sharp, sharp, sharp tool. And I think that the, the most pessimistic view of this conversation, somebody would say, is almost like the secret where they say, oh, I can think of a million dollars, but I don't have it. Yeah. If you don't believe it's possible, you won't even take the actions. You still got to take the actions. And you have to believe that it's possible and that you deserve it and that it's right for you now. So imagine I gave you the winning lottery ticket. Right. Millions of dollars, winning lottery ticket, you now have it. What would you do to cash it in? Anything. Right. But if you don't believe that you have the winning lottery ticket, if you don't believe you have it, then what? Right, you don't do shit. You wouldn't cash it in. So you have the winning lottery ticket to life. The question isn't whether or not you have the winning lottery ticket. The question is, do you believe it? And if you believe you do, you'll do whatever it takes to cash it in. Your dream is that lottery ticket. Everyone has one. Question is, do you believe it? Yeah. So, so we highly underestimate what can be done in a day and in a moment. Like you said about wasting time. Yeah. Like if, if you believe that you had like 24 hours to accomplish a majority of your dreams, your set of actions, your decisions, the questions you would ask would be so different. They'd be say, oh, in 10 years, maybe, maybe. You need a maybe. reason to do it. And yes. I, so I always give this example at my seminars. If someone you love the most needed you to make an extra hundred, thousand or a million or whatever, it depends on where someone's at financially, uh, you know, a month, this month, or they die, who would do it? Raise your hand. The whole room raises their hand every single time. Because yeah, it becomes a must at that point. Because it's now a reason. So why not give yourself a reason? Why not even imagine that this is the reality? Yes. Even if it's not true, why not imagine <laughs> someone's dying and you have to do it for them? Right. Because it gets you to take the action. Whatever gets you to do it, 
That's the mindset you should get in. Yeah, what, whatever it takes. And it might be different for each person. That's right. Like you said before, sometimes we wait until things are so terrible to then change. And a lot of times when we feel a terrible feeling, we try to numb it and make it feel, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And we keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. I've done seminars before. We just make people say, make it horrible today. Like it's the worst thing. Like crunch all that pain now instead of stretching it out over time. Exactly. You know, when I play basketball, for example, I imagine that this is game seven NBA finals. I'm getting a championship or my career is done. It's my last game. Yeah. Every time I play. Yeah. And I'm amazing because I think that way, you know, and yeah. I'm competitive. I see nothing. I see, I see I'm winning. You know, if I don't win, it's the worst thing ever happens. I hate it. Yeah, you know, when I uh, work with creatives and I talk about, you know, the difference between when you're doing a project, something that you love versus a client that you're like not so excited about, a lot of times creatives will slack off for the clients that they're not excited about. And I say, what if your favorite artist ever was going to watch this work that you're doing for the shitty client? Would you be proud of it? Would you show this to them? Like if you're, if Jay-Z or Beyonce was going to look at this edit, would you want to show it to them? No, then it's not ready. Because if you're capable of being that good in front of your favorite then be that good all the time. I always say be consistent, right? My yeah. standard is no matter what, look, I'm on this podcast, I'm all in. I slept three hours last night. Yeah. I don't care. I'm on the podcast, I'm all in. I will communicate the way I need to communicate. I'm showing up. I I had 104 fever. I had a seminar in January, three-day long seminar. Jeez. 104 fever. Literally should be in the hospital, okay? Three days in a row, I spoke on stage 12 hours a day. Felt like I was dying. My face was swollen. I felt like shit, literally dying, freezing, sweating, in a suit with a jacket on, right? And I showed up. People flew in, people stopped what they were doing. People paid their last dime to show up to this. I'm going to deliver. At a high level, there's no excuses. You just deliver it. You know, I mean, look at Kobe yeah. Bryant. Yeah. He said, I, people flew in, people paid to come see me. I can't tell them I'm sick. I got to perform. Michael Jordan had that, right? He had yeah. that flu, flu game in the playoffs. Yeah. He I performed. Mean, Rihanna did the Super Bowl pregnant. She performed the Super Bowl full belly. You know, right. it's like, you can't not show up that day. You can't just not feel like it. No, you perform. That's yes. A, and that's the thing. People who are successful, people are like, they're lucky. You know, you hang out with someone successful, you know why they're successful. It's not I, an accident. Nobody accidentally has a six pack. Yeah. I, I was going to tell you about that. I was hanging out yesterday with uh, a few of my female friends and two of them are fat. And I'm looking at them and you know, I'm always asking because I never hung out with them long enough to see them eat. And you know, they invited us for like this breakfast. They brought donuts, not those two, but other friends, they <laughs> yeah. brought donuts and stuff. Yeah. And and we're there and these girls just keep eating donuts. I'm like, I'm not gonna say anything, but now I know why they're fat. Right. They literally had three donuts each. I'm like, I would get fat if I had donuts. I'm 205 pounds. I don't burn that many calories. Right. And you're like, and they're like, oh yeah, keep eating. It's fine. I'm like, look at the beliefs you have around this. This is horrible. This is why you're fat. Yeah. You know, and it's not fat shaming. I used to be fat. I lost 24 pounds in one month, mm. but I made a decision to. And it's not that everybody needs to get to a certain outcome, but it's when I hear people complaining that, oh, I want this outcome. Yeah, but your actions don't match it. Then you don't want it. You know, people tell me they want it, but then they don't go for it. I want a nice guy, but you only go for garbage. Why? Because right. that's not what you want. It's not what you say you want. It's what you take action on. Yeah. Right? Sometimes it just feels good to say it. Yeah. Because they don't, they just, it's a mask. Right. It's a lie. If you don't lie to yourself and you're real, you'll know what you really want. Yeah. If you're in a shitty situation, it hasn't changed. It's because you haven't wanted to change. People have a hard time accepting that. Yes, I do. No, I don't like being broke. Then why are you broke? Yeah. Why are you homeless? Why are you struggling? Because you don't do anything else. Well, I'm stuck mentally. You're stuck mentally because you haven't made a decision to change. Your yeah. life depends on it. You'll get resourceful very quickly. It's not an absolute must. Yeah, it's like an entrepreneur is not somebody who can start a business. It's somebody who will not have a job. It's like, yeah, I can't. Like I'm never going to work for someone. Yeah, never. I will not work for someone else. Yeah. Someone, I'm not going to wake up and tell someone's not going to tell me what to do. Right. I had a job. You know, I was working at CPK as a host and as a host, you have to clean the bathroom. So I didn't sign up to clean up the bathroom. I didn't want to be a host. I wanted to be a server. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll be a host. I was there for three weeks. So this is my last day at work. 
my manager in like our radio thing goes, hey, go clean the bathroom. I go, I see there's paper towels all over the floor. So I look at them, I'm like, I'm not touching that. I kick it under the, the stall. <laughs> I come back out to the front. It was pretty slow, so I had nothing to do. Yeah. He hits me up again, he's like, yeah, I told you to clean the bathroom. I go back in there, I'm like, how are there paper towels on the floor again? You know, they're everywhere, paper towels. So I kick it under the stall. Comes back to me like five minutes later, he's like, Marcel, come with me. I'm gonna show you, you didn't clean the bathroom. I'm like, oh my God, he's gonna find the paper towels. He opens the other stall and there's shit all over the wall. And I go, nope, I took my name tag off and I quit. And he looks at me, he's like, you can't quit. I'm like, yes, I can. Just did. And I, and I left and yeah. I'm like, I'm never working for someone else ever again. There's no amount of money you could pay me to clean shit off a wall. I don't make my bed. I don't do dishes. I don't do laundry. Not because I, I mean, I don't know how, but not because <laughs> I'm physically not capable of. Yeah. Because how much do I value time? Right. I'm not going to waste my time. And imagine making your bed for a minute every day, doing your laundry for 20 minutes every couple of days. Yeah. How much time at the end of my life have I spent doing things I don't like doing? My standard in life is to only do what I love as much as I can because we have a very finite amount of time and I refuse to spend it on things that I don't love doing. What do you want now? You know, there's a few things I want. I love what I, like I'm, I'm fulfilled. What I, my job is fulfilling. I love helping people because I see people who haven't been able to be helped or people who have a big goal, but they, they're wasting all this time. I'm like, look, forget the money you're gonna make. What about the time you're gonna save? That to me is the way I look at it. So I'm all about shortcuts. That fulfills me. I work with clients, it fulfills me, my skill set. I love it. it, this is my passion. But you know, the thing I love the most is love. And that's what got me into this in the first place. And I, I've only been in a very, very good relationship once, like where I had love when I was young. And my standards are very high. So I'm the guy who looks at consistency, you know? I, I get it, you, you're really nice at the beginning and now you're not. Well, that's not what I fell in love with, right? It's not what I wanted. Right, right. So I love love and my standards are very ridiculous. I would love to have a, a solid relationship with someone that I truly care about, you know? And that's the thing I, I love the most, but I'm not desperate for it. I'm not in scarcity over it, but that's what fulfills me, you know, love. Yes. I, but that's why I love seminars because there's so much love in the room. You're, yes. you're in the room that I'm you coming. See, you feel flowing through you. It's yeah. love is, you're serving, you're connecting, people being vulnerable I, with you. I don't even remember what I say at a seminar. I yeah. just remember how people, you know, I remember the result. I go in there and I'm like, I don't know what's gonna come out of my mouth, but I do know that it's with the intent to change these people's lives. Yes. And I will do it. And I do do it. You know, every single seminar, I go all out. I put in my heart and soul. And when I work with someone, heart and soul, because I love it. I love them. I love the outcome. I come from a place of love. I have no resentment. There, any of my exes, any of my old friends, I love all of them. I have no anger because there's no room for it. I don't want to waste a minute of my life. It doesn't serve. It, feeling not good, you know? And so, you know, my goal is to continue to enjoy every moment, right? The, the goal, of course, there's an end goal. But if I continue the habits I have now, I'm sure ultimately I'll end up being where I want to be. Yeah, yeah. And you're in the process. Yeah, right. I do the outcome will come. Yeah, it's like you, you, you don't you don't get abs, you do the workout. The abs come from you going to the gym. You have to and enjoy dieting, the you stuff. Know, exactly. Yeah, you exactly. know, there's a discipline. It's 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 yeah. you think about it all the time. You think about what you eat, you think about what you're putting in your body, you think about how you sleep, you're thinking about the workout, what time I go to the gym. You know, same thing with confidence, like working on confidence. Anytime I feel uncomfortable, take action. Anytime I feel bad, do something to change it. What was your first personal turnaround for you? When okay. you went from not knowing this shit to knowing this shit to like your first uh, yeah, so I was 15, and I remember I was texting this girl. Her name's Mai, and I really like this girl. And I'm yeah. texting her for months, and you know we hang out. And I'd saved up. I was getting five dollars a week. My parents were very, very broke at this time. I didn't have money, so they're giving me five dollars a week. That was my allowance, and I would use it for gas. I was like, I'm not going to use it for gas this week. I saved up five bucks, and then next week I had another five bucks that they gave me. So two weeks I wasn't going to use it for anything other than this. 
And I told her, hey, let's go out. So we go and we go to the Galleria. It's like this mall in, you know, Sherman Oaks here. Yeah, and there was a Quiznos there, which is like a, you know, a cheaper subway, I guess you could say. And I didn't have money for me. And I borrowed five bucks from my friend. I said, I'll give it to you next week. So three weeks of, of my money I gave away for, for this one meal. Yeah. And she's like, are you hungry? I didn't eat all day. Of course I was starving. And I buy her sub or Quiznos and, and she's eating it. And she like throws away the other half. And I'm like, Ugh, you know, and anyways, she ends up leaving 10 minutes later. Some guy picks her up and goes out with her. And I'm like, look, I'm not a dumb guy. I'm obviously doing something wrong that I put, every, I take the food out of my mouth. Literally, I would take the shirt off my back for this girl. And she designed it to me. And I, didn't, I wasn't mad at her. I'm like, something is wrong with me. I took responsibility. I said, what is it? So I have a pet monkey and I started watching, you know, him. I was watching shows on primates and I made the association like, wait, we're primates. So women are looking for something. And I'm like, is it money? No. Is it fame? No. What is it? Well, it's confidence. Yes. Confidence is value, right? So we're looking for some sort of value. Value equals attraction. When you look at a penny on the ground, you're not gonna remember it. $100 in the ground, it's rare. So the more rare that is, the more value it has. What's the most rare thing in the world? Is it money, fame? No, it's confidence. Confidence, mm -hmm. self-love is the most rare thing. I said, I gotta work on my confidence. How do I do that? Well, my biggest fear was approaching people, like getting their number, talking to people, even guys, doesn't matter who it was. Yeah. So I made this new friend group and you know, around the same time period, and I asked one of them, because I thought it was normal to walk up to random people. I was the one who thought I was not normal. Yeah. So I tell him like, hey, can you come through the mall and like help me, you know, walk me through this? Eight hours, I make an excuse after excuse. And finally the mall's about to close and there's these three girls walking away. And I said, okay, I'm gonna do it. And I feel my hands, I'm shaking. My body's like yeah, sweating, yeah. my hands are sweating. And I said, hey, I think you're really pretty. Can get your number in the most insecure way? And they all stopped, they looked at me, they laughed at me. The worst reaction I ever had till, till now. I mean, I've never had a reaction like that. And it, I became confident instantly. I realized, well, this is what I was scared of. This is what I was scared of. Of course not. And I went up to someone else immediately. I was 15. I had braces on, had a buzz cut. I looked really weird, you know? Yeah. And I went up to this other girl and she's 24. I'm 25 now. So someone who was pretty much my age now. And I said, hey, what's your number? And she goes, I have a boyfriend. And I go, so what's your number? She gave it to me anyways. And I, I felt so good. I didn't care about the number, you know? I didn't, yeah. I, had, I wasn't even with a woman for the first time until I was 17. Um, yeah. So I, I just went to the mall every day for the next three months. All day, every day, just talking to people. What's your number? Guys, girls, talking to everyone, just starting conversations, working on charisma, seeing how people respond to me, seeing if I'm coming off weird, when I would lose my confidence, when would I get nervous, until it became so comfortable to do whatever I wanted, I didn't care anymore. And so the personal transformation was first. Yeah, 100%. I was just, I wanted to be more confident. And it wasn't like, the goal wasn't to do anything. And I started taking my friends because they saw me becoming really confident. And I'm like, hey, let me show you how to do this too. And all of a sudden, all the nerds are getting all the girls, you know? Yeah. And we're just feeling good. Like all of us were happier. You know, we, we didn't care about anything. We just, were, we, we were different. And we saw the world differently. We started caring about our athletics. We, we, we just cared. We had different perception. When you're confident, you're not really in your head at all. You're, you're out here. It's a flow state. Confidence yes. really is. It's, it's, it's a magical power. A lot can happen. Even when you're playing it's, sports. Like I recently got into tennis a couple of years ago. And it's funny because I noticed when I'm stressed out about work stuff, my game is different. But even if something stressful happens, when I go in there and just get into a beautiful state, you just... It just like, like you don't, you're not noticing the ball. You're not saying, let me hit it this way. That's right. It just, it just goes. Yeah, it's our conscious mind that gets in the way of things. Our conscious yeah. mind is super weak and it gets in the way of our processes. So if you just let yourself be in a state of trance, right? That's trance, what you're in. You go into trance and you just, on autopilot, you're gonna close everything you do. You're gonna, you're gonna kick ass in everything you do. So confidence allows you to be unstifled. It allows you to not get in your own mind, not get in your own head, and therefore you can come out and be in a flow state. And a lot of people lack this. They lack self-love. They're, they're confident they're not confident. They're confident they're not good enough. But I show them how to change that pattern of focus so they can be confident that they can do whatever they set their mind to. And what was your first financial breakthrough? 
So I was making like $350 a week. You know, at this point, I've already been coaching for like a year and a half. I'm 19 or 20, actually. So you were already coaching at that point? Yeah, I was already coaching. Coaching dating I, stuff or success? Both. Okay. Yeah, I started at 18 and, you know, I, I, I the dating thing was very short-lived. You know, I, I immediately expanded. I saw that yeah. this isn't a niche that I, I want to help women. I want to help men. I, I love everyone, you know? Yeah. I wanted, so I wanted to help everyone. And I love love. So that's why I started with relationships. And then I, I kind of expanded because I wanted to coach them more on their mindset, their confidence, their business, their ability to communicate. And I had two dogs. And I used to sleep in the kitchen at my parents' house because in the, my bed, we had bed bugs. We couldn't get rid of them. And we didn't have money to get rid of them. But every time we tried, we, we couldn't. So uh, bed bugs have a host. They pick a host. And I didn't want to be sleeping in a bed with bed bugs. So I was the host. They'd always bite me. They'd always eat me alive. So I'm like, I'm not doing this. So I was literally, I would rather sleep in a chair in the kitchen with my dogs. So I would sleep with them every night. I had two dogs named Picasso and Mona Lisa. Mm. And they're cute. I love them. <laughs> And I would sleep with them. Like I'd be yeah. on this chair, they'd sleep next to me, sometimes sleep on top of me, you know, and I, I, they kept me company and I loved them. Anyways, the next, this is uh, January 27th, 2018. I wake up in the morning and, you know, I'm chilling, hanging out with my dogs, doing some work, trying to figure things out. My friend, Jason hits me up like late afternoon, like four or five in the evening. And he goes, hey, do you want to go get sushi? I said, sure. So he picks me up. We get the sushi. I'm about to order. And... I let my dogs out before we left and my dad calls me while we're about to order and I answer and hear my mom crying and my dad's there and he goes, both your dogs are dead. I'm like, what, what do you mean? It was both your dogs got ran over. Both your dogs are dead. And he hung up and immediately I, I like had never felt, it was like, it it, it felt literally like someone took a knife and just stabbed me. Right. It was, it was the most uh, gut wrenching feeling I ever had. And I, I got up, I went outside and I just started crying. I was, uh, I was, I felt like shit. I told my friend, like, hey, please take me home. So we go home and I hear my parents, my mom specifically crying through the front door because we had like a, like a gate and then a door. So the gate was open, the door, uh, the gate was closed, the door was open. And we just cut down a tree in our front yard. So there was all these logs everywhere. And I said, I'll just wait for them to go to sleep and I'll wait outside because I didn't want to see them. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to face the reality of what they're going through and the whole situation. So I go to sit down one of the logs and I look and there are my two dead dogs' bodies on the log and I just sat with them for like an hour and I, I felt so bad because I'm the one who let them out. You know, I'm, I let them out of the house and I was, I was there, I'm looking at them and I'm, I'm saying, I'm sorry, and I'm crying and I'm petting them. And I, I was just like, how, how are they dead? Like I was just with these dogs. And you know, two months before I just lost my other dog from second grade and he died. Shit. So I'm like, this is like, why, why do these things keep happening? I kept asking myself like almost like a victim. I'm like, why are <clears> things <throat> getting worse? I'm trying everything I can. Things keep getting worse. Yeah. And then I remembered an interview Tony Robbins had where he said he had a six-month waiting list and he charged people $1,000 a session to get rid of any fear or phobia. And I finally changed the question I asked myself. I said, how can I, I can't bring my dogs back, so what can I do to at least help my parents? So I can make more money. How can I make more money? And then I remembered this interview popped up in my mind. And I said, well, I could charge a thousand bucks. And because I had this pain and this pain was so strong, I no longer cared about asking for money. I, I used to have people come into my office and I would go all out and I still couldn't ask for money. And my dogs are dead. I'm looking at them. I had no fear anymore. I didn't care. Uh, that, that was the moment that finances. You feel some real pain and you realize, oh, getting told no is nothing compared to yeah, actual just, pain. Just, I had money on a pedestal. I said, fuck it. I don't care about money anymore. You know, I, I, like, I really valued love and time and I'm like, I don't value money anymore. Money has no value to me. I just need to do it to do it. 
And I went in my house. I put on the only suit I own. I went to every bar, restaurant. I was out for the, like two days almost. And I was talking to people. I'm like, hey, if you want to change your life, I go into restaurants. If you want to change your life, come talk to me in the back of the room. You know, and I started closing people for a thousand bucks, thousand bucks, thousand bucks. And like the biggest breakthrough I had, I was, it was the morning. And I was, I was, again, I was crying and I felt so tired, exhausted. My head hurts. I'm dehydrated and blowing my nose with like Chipotle napkins. And uh, I don't know if you know, on Ventura Boulevard, in Sherman Oaks, there's a Panera Bread next to Chipotle. Yeah. And on the back, all these actors were doing like, there was a, all these actors just at seven in the morning, just all hanging out there and practicing and writers. And I start talking to them because I see a lot of people and I'm like, cool opportunity because it's kind of dead in the middle of the night, 7 a.m. All of a sudden, all these people are waking up again. And I talk to them like, yeah, we're actors. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to hypnotize in front of everyone. And I start hypnotizing them and I, I give them all these anchors. I'm like, yo, if you do this, you're going to cry. If you do this, you're going to be happy. And I show all these people, like, look at how it's going to help you. And if you have writer's block, I'll get rid of it. And, you know, all of a sudden I closed like seven people for a thousand bucks right there. And I saw it was possible. And I just started closing people a thousand bucks, thousand bucks, thousand bucks for a session. I made like 40K in a night, a couple wow. nights, you know, and I came back home and it changed my perception of money, my relationship with money. And then I got chilled. Like I, I kind of got comfortable. And then in 2020, I doubled down. I said, okay, time to make a lot of money again. And, uh, you know, the most I'd ever made other than that, like per month, you know, consistently was like 20K. It was very consistent, like 15, 16, 18, 20. So now I'm in January, 2020, I made $23,085, I remember. And then all of a sudden, uh, February comes, I made 25,000. So, you know, I'm like growing now and I wanted this new car. And anyways, I, I, I go buy this new car. Well, I try to buy this new car and I convince the dealer. I'm like, look, I don't have the money. I'm flying to Miami tomorrow. Uh, I, I didn't say I don't have the money. I said, I, you know, I'm flying to Miami. Let me take the car back with me. No matter what, I'll pay for it. I'll take care of it. So I fly to Miami, calls me like, look, if you want to make this deal happen, you got to put $45,000 down on it when you come back. Most I'd ever saved in my bank was like 5K at once. You know, I never right. had more than that. I'm like, yeah, no problem. And I just knew I would have it. I felt confident. I'm like, there's no way I'm not getting this car. I took the car with me because I committed to having this car. And I made it happen. I made like 75K that weekend. And I just changed my perception. The 75K and then the next month I made, well, the cash in the bank I made was 45. So I paid him. And then the next month I made 30, which was the other uh, money that I didn't get paid yet for that month. Right. So I was really chill. I almost got lazy again, like the same pattern I had there. And I caught this pattern. Because you momentarily had more than enough. So yeah. then your drive went down a bit. That same thing happened when I made the 40K, right? So all of a sudden I said, okay, wait, I need to double down. I saw my statement says 30K. I said, no, no, doubled it, 60K the next month. Then all of a sudden 80K, 120K, 140K, 160K. And then I went, you know, 220,000, I think in August of 2020. I was like, oh shit, I'm really like starting to, to grind. And it just changed my paradigm around money. Like, okay, this is how you make money. This is this is what you do. I didn't care about making money. I didn't care about it, like asking for it. It just became very easy. And that's when I started to make a lot more money. And then December of 2020, I got equity in this company um, that started at 30 million evaluation. Now it's worth over a billion, you know, wow. and it'll probably be worth five or six. And I have quite a bit of equity in there. So that's pretty awesome. And, you know, there's just, I realized you don't have to wait for something like what happened to me with my dogs to go make more money. You could just go do it. And a lot of people wait till things are so hard to make it happen. And you know, my advice to you is don't wait. You know, yeah. life is short. You never know what's going to happen. You never know. You know, you could wake up tomorrow and you could be with the love of your life right now and it all could end. You know, you, you want to enjoy a nice ride on Pacific Coast Highway in a convertible and you're not sure if you should buy it, go buy it. Yeah. You know, they want that extra pair of shoes for 300 bucks, buy it. You want to go on that extra long ski trip? Do it. You want to go to a restaurant, you know, spend the money. Don't look at the fucking menu. Just, I mean, the price, just, just order. You know, life is short. You'll always make more money. You'll find a way to make more money, especially when you spend more money. I've never heard yeah. someone say I spend more and they don't make more. Yeah, straight up. And it's funny because money is a currency. Currency likes to flow. 
money likes to move from place to place. Like there's this internet meme about, should you take 500K or dinner with Jay-Z, right? It's like this, this meme. And it's like, if you knew what to do with 500K, you could get it anyway. If you knew what to do with half a million, you could just ask somebody for half a million and then you would invest it. Like it's not hard to get. The dinner with Jay-Z is harder to get, right? It's, it's you have to understand money likes to flow. It likes to be used. If, if you're yeah. saving money, you're technically losing because of inflation. <laughs> I always say money's yeah. like I always say money's like a river. Yeah. Uh, the more you spend, the more you make, right? If I'm yeah. not willing to spend, it's because I don't believe I'm gonna make it back. And if I don't believe I'm gonna make it back, are you gonna make it back? Of course not. And I think a lot of people struggle with this idea that, you know, they're so they're taught that because they're getting a salary, 2K, 10K, 5K, whatever a month, that that's all they're gonna make. You must leave your fixed income to make more money. You must find other ways to make more money. Uh, because if you don't, then you're never gonna be able to get to where you wanna be. You're never yeah. gonna have financial freedom. Yeah, especially if you can make that shift from being paid for your input versus being paid for your output. Results, yeah. yeah. Well, that takes more confidence, right? Like if I'm working a commission-based job, I better be able to perform. And I think a lot of people have the fear. They, what if it doesn't work? Why are you seeing it not work? How about what if it does? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a different pattern. But there's, you know, there's, really a, there's a winner's mindset and a loser's mindset. And I think yeah. you know, most people who have a winner's mindset will do whatever it takes to make it happen. And those who don't have a winner's mindset won't. I remember when I moved to LA, I came here like, like overnight. It was like a Tuesday. I was in Chicago. And then on a Wednesday, I was like, I'm moving to LA. And I just drove out here and I had like one month's worth of rent. And my sister asked me, she's like, what are you going to do when you get out there? I was like, oh, I'm going to work with celebrities. She's like, what if it doesn't work out? I'm like, it'll be fine. I'm going to make it happen. And then like a week later, I'm on tour with P. Diddy. And it's just like, yeah, but I met him when I got here. <laughs> I had to show up with like one month's worth of rent, no job lined up. But I'm like, eh, I'm here. It's going to work somehow, some way. The parachute opens after you jump, right? That's it's right. <laughs> you know, I, I remember I met Logan Paul. I just saw his car on the side of the road and I just stopped and befriended him, you know? And yeah. I, I just, I think your ability to be confident makes it easy to connect with people, you know? Yes. And if you're just socially calibrated, you're not a weirdo, like, yeah. don't be a weirdo. Like, I used to be weird, mm. but I worked on it. And now mm -hmm. I'm not weird at all. I'm extremely socially calibrated. So I think a lot of people should work on themselves. Because if you do, you just become more valuable. People want to be around you. They hit you up. They, they text you. They call you. They, they yeah. want to be around you. You offer that to them. And, uh, you know, I would say the number one skill to learn in the whole world is how to connect. How do I talk to someone? Yes. How do I connect to people? Because every business is a people business. That's right. No matter what the industry is. I mean, now AI is a whole different thing. But even then, the well, AI is to affect people. Well, you're going to connect with AI, right? Yes. Like you're going to talk to an AI and you're going to have some relationship with it. You know, it won't have emotions, but you still do. Yes. And you're going to operate on these emotions and they're going to change. And people forget, we are not that hard to influence. <laughs> you know, if you just have a little bit more skill and a little bit more knowledge on everyone, you're going to you're gonna perform in ways. Like I'll walk into rooms with investors. Yeah. And they'll throw money at me and I still won't take it. Mm -hmm. You know, I know how to get them to throw money at me. I know how to walk into a room with women yes. and get them to all want to be with me. And I'm not saying this in a cocky way. I earned the ability to do that. Yes. I used to walk into rooms, be unnoticed. No one wanted to pay me. I would beg and it wouldn't happen. You know, and when it did happen, they wanted a refund. Right. You know, I used to chase women and they'd run away. So when I say these things, I know what it takes. Anyone can do it. No, I'm not good looking. If I'm a, what, what if you're a girl, right? Like, you know, you can't get a guy to stay with you. There's something that you're doing that's making that happen. There are certain women that I've met that are married. And if I were married to them, I wouldn't want to leave either. The, their husbands are happy. And I've seen certain men, you know, that women are just, every time they're with them, it's the best time in their life. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's one of those things where whether it's a relationship, whether it's a business, if you get better, 
things around you get better. They really do. It really is the internal. And it's funny because it's not that the outside world doesn't happen. It does happen. But if you have a frame of it's happening for you, like Tony always says, for you, not to you. Yep. Right? Like I remember uh, three or four years ago before I launched my business is doing well now, I had lost everything from an ex-partner. He got like me too'd. People didn't pay me. It was like all the bad things that could happen happened at once, right? Like I loaned people money. They didn't pay me back. Everything went down. And in my mind, I was like, oh, this is the best possible thing that could be happening right now because this is an amazing origin story for my next success. And now I have a business doing over a million a year, but it, it took that. If I hadn't lost everything and framed it as a positive, like when the pandemic happened, every dance studio in the world shut down. I said, great. All the choreographers are now available for work and they don't have money to pay me. So I said, I'll shoot your videos for free. I'll partner with you and we'll split the money. Right. And it was like, it, it happened for me. And I remember the rent uh, moratorium happened where you couldn't, they, they weren't allowed to evict you from your apartment for not paying rent, right? So I took that eight months and didn't pay month, didn't pay any rent, spent that money on my business, and then it blew up. Because I just knew it was going to work. And my friends were like, what if you go deeper in debt? I'm like, I'll figure it out. But I'm playing to win. I'm not playing, hoping to lose. <laughs> like, I'm shooting for the three. Yeah, you're going all, you're going all in. Yeah. You, you know, I remember in 2020 for me, all my friends that were coaches, and some of them were even doing better than me. Yeah. They went out of business. Mm -hmm. they, they're not doing that anymore. And I went, okay, I can't do seminars. I can't see people in an office. Fuck it. Let's go online. Yeah. 10X my business like that. Yes. You know, and people don't realize if you're resourceful, everything that happens can be to your advantage. Everything. It's funny. One of my exes used to <laughs> always get mad because she would say that everything goes my way. I'm like, it's not that it goes my way. It's just that I make everything happen work for me. <laughs> Well, that's all she's seeing. Yeah. What about all the times it doesn't? Yeah. I, I always tell people, I'm probably the unluckiest guy I ever met. Yeah. But you see all the good. You're yeah. not seeing all the bullshit. Right. I, I've been unlucky unbelievable amounts of time. You know, it, look, it's not about, I always say this, if you are scared of failing, it, there's no such thing. There's such thing as this opportunity wasn't the opportunity, but if I believe I'm going to fail and that happens, I make it a big deal. Right. And then I might stop there. It's like me climbing a ladder and then I get to the next step and I go, oh, there's more steps. But I believe that because there's another step, I'm never going to get to the top. Well, if you keep climbing, eventually there's a top. Like, so, you know, there's got to be, a, a, you got to reach your goal. Yeah. And People don't realize how important that shit is. Like, it's so, the mentality with your actions is so important. Like, I used to film extreme sports. My old roommate won gold at the X Games, right? That's awesome. I used to go on tour with them filming. And I remember this one time we were doing this big stunt. And he was saying to himself, I really hope I don't fall off the rail and land on that bush because that would really suck. And it's like the very next thing that happened, right? It's like literally he was like, oh, I hope this doesn't happen. And then it happened. But the ones that win, the ones that are real winners, they, they throw the tricks and almost like look away. Like they'll throw the trick and like here's a rail and they'll look away and just grab it because they're, they're going for it. They're playing to win to where the only way to land that trick is to just completely believe it's going to happen, right? And then take the, the, the fall as it comes. You know, it really is... I think the secret fucked people up because when it first came out, it taught people that the law of attraction is just think of a million dollars and then you have a million dollars. But it, it took off the action part and the self-programming part. I mean, it's better than not using it at all, right? But what you're saying also is that, because I'm also trying to imagine the most pessimistic person listening to this right now, right? Probably depressed, probably lonely, probably broke. And if yes. they're not broke, they're not happy. And all their references from life are supporting their theory. They're like, yeah, shit does suck. You know, there's also references from their life that support the other theory. The question is, are they going to be able to access that library? No. You know, 
I always say skepticism is the thing that's programmed you to lose. Mm -hmm. Because what you find is the most successful people in the world are the most open-minded. You know, people say, well, can I be hypnotized? Well, you can, but the question is how open-minded are you? Yeah. I could forcefully hypnotize someone, but why? Why would I sit there and try to hypnotize someone who doesn't want to be hypnotized? Right. I would rather hypnotize someone who comes in and says, Marcel changed my life. Right. I don't need to prove to you that I can do it. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people are like, well, prove to me that you can't. No, prove to me that I should. You know, it's, right. it's like, I do this all the time. Everyone <laughs> goes in. You can't, you don't go in. You're not following instructions. It's not my fault. You can't follow instructions. You know, it's yeah. your fault. It's not my fault. You're not changing. It's not my fault. You're not making sales. It's your fault. So, you know, I have the same script for everyone on my sales team. Some people perform insane. Some people don't make money. You go listen to them. They don't, they don't say it the right way. They don't use the fault. They don't follow the script. They change. Yeah. I'm like, why do you think you're not making sales? Cause you're not on script. To make sales in my company, you have to be extremely confident. Yes. 15 minutes, $30,000. There's no way someone will give you $30,000 in 15 minutes unless you are 100% congruent on the offer. Mm -hmm. And if you have sales resistance and you're not, you're not certain, people are going to be like, why should I pay you? They can feel it in your voice. I never, ever have objections. Ever. The only objection is, is genuinely, I cannot afford it. How can I do something? No problem. I'll take care of you. I'll find something else. I'll give you a seminar ticket. Like, you know, I like helping people. Yes. So I'll do things for them. But that's the only time I get an objection. There's no such thing as an objection because I know I'm going to get the results so strongly that they know it too. Especially because you believe in your product. Because I get the results. Yes. You know, at the beginning, it was uncertain. Can I help someone? Of course I can. I've done this every day. I do this all day long. This is like, right. this is nothing. You know, it's like you could give me the best, give me your hardest client, your therapist, give me your hardest client. Tony Robbins used to say this. Yeah. Give me your hardest client. Watch. Watch how easily I change their life. Yes. You know, it's not hard. And it, your certainty about your product is a big part of the value as well. I, I feel it. I you. have a moral obligation to tell the world that you could change in an instant. I have a moral obligation to show people that they don't have to be trapped in their own mind. But if you don't know that, you're going to go to someone who's not going to help you. You're going to try hypnosis with someone who's not good. Most people suck. I don't care how many followers they have. I don't care how good they say. I don't care how they bag on me. None of them can do what I do. None of them have done what I've done for the industry. Now, when you started, how did you get hypnotized and how did you learn it? I got hypnotized when I was 13 to get over my fear of playing football. Okay. I played football one season. We had a coach and he died. So we dedicated the next season to him. Okay. And you know, when I was playing, we had like 13 people on the team. Most football teams have 30 to 40 and you only play offense or defense or special teams. You don't play the whole game every play four quarters. Right. When you play that way, you get tired and you get injured. And we were getting seriously injured. Everyone was getting fucked up every game. It was, it was like everyone had PTSD. We'd go to the game. We'd be anxious, throwing up before games. We wouldn't eat. We all felt like shit. None of us enjoyed the game, right? It wasn't like fun, like a sport you wanted to play. So I had such bad anxiety from playing football that it would make me sick, literally make me sick. So I had to go get hypnotized. And I go get hypnotized and I'm like, this is a bunch of bullshit, woo woo, blah, blah, blah. You know, telling my mom, I don't want to go. She's like, just do it. So I do it. And I remember that I was scared, but I can't feel it. I'm like, why can't I find this feeling? I go to my game the next day. Everyone in the locker room is throwing up anxious. I can't feel anxious. We play half the game. Normally at halftime, I'm like, fuck, I have another half of this. I feel nothing. I'm yeah. kicking ass. I'm having my best game I ever played. Yeah. I'm like, wow, my fear is gone. Why? Because I got hypnotized. And that was one time, 20 minutes. And we don't realize that we're actually always getting hypnotized. We you're in trance realize. all the time. Whether, yes. you're, whether you're in a trance to believe it doesn't work, whether you're, you're driving, whether you're walking, brushing you're watching your teeth. social media, the news, whatever it is. You're e yeah, everything's a trance. It's always a hypnosis. 24-7. Like, I went like conscious this. conscious of it. I went like this. You went like this. Yeah. That's a feedback loop. You're unconsciously mirroring me. That yeah. I, I'm mirroring you as well, right? Yeah. Nodding. That is a 
feedback loop, that is a trance. It's communication, that's a trance. You're not thinking about how your tongue moves in your mouth. You're right. not thinking about how to use your vocal cords. That's all a trance. The second you start thinking about how to communicate, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. You know, because you're in trance. So I just hijack the trance someone's in and I change it to a trance they want. I like that phrase. You hijack the trance that they are already in. They're already in a trance. I'm just going to take it and change it to what you want. Instead of being in trance to be broke, instead of being in trance to be a loser, instead of being in trance to be unhappy or single or, you know, just miserable, why not take the shitty trance you're in and make it the trance you want? So you get to where you want to go on autopilot. You're on autopilot 99% of the time. They say 95% of the day. Bullshit. Yeah. I'm willing to bet you're not. You're not thinking about anything. You're right now, even though we're talking, we're present, we're actually in trance. Yeah. You know, like we're talking about stories. We're not here in the room. We're somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, someone's like, I can't be hypnotized. How many windows are in your room? How do you know? Even if you're not there, how many windows are in your car? How do you know? Yeah. You're seeing it. You're leaving the room you're in to go see that. Right. And that's the point. People don't realize that they're constantly in their head. You see the world, not through what it is, but through what's in your mind. So day-to-day, -day, nowadays, do you hypnotize yourself? What is your regimen, your personal UDU regimen? First thing I do when I wake up, first thing I do, I wake up, I go in the shower. Okay. You know, uh, when I got out the shower, I close my, like, I, you know, I brush my teeth, I do all that. I get out, I get dressed. I sit down for like five, 10 minutes, close my eyes. I tell my mind, shut the fuck up. Like literally tell it, shut the fuck up, quiets down. And I see what I want. I visualize what I want. I see it. I feel it. I feel the emotions. I'm there. I'm on stage. I hear it. I hear the, how loud it is in that room. I hear myself talking. I, I literally feel, I can see the crowd. I can see the lights. I can see the light in my face, like the white light. And I'm there and I'm like, okay, I just did this seminar. I know how it feels. Now, what does a seminar mean? It means I have a certain amount of money in my bank account. It means that my life is a certain way. It means I'm probably not single, right? It means I have all these things aligned as well. So I feel all of my goals. It means I have 7% body fat. Like I see all my goals in one thing. And then I feel incredible. And now I'm primed for the day. You know, they did a study, Tony Robbins talks about it, but long story short, the temperature of a coffee cup changes people's perception of a story that they read. I remember that right? story, yeah. So just the temperature of something can change it. Everything changes it. If you're in a bad relationship, this is why I'm, I'm single. If I'm in a relationship that makes me feel bad, it ruins my opportunity to make money. Yes. It ruins my opportunity to connect. Everything primes you. Your environment, I'm only around people that make me feel incredible every day. Yes. If you're around someone who makes you feel like shit, why are you around them? Why are you around someone that makes you feel bad? Why are you here in an environment? Oh, well, it's my family. I don't care. I don't care what title they have. So I don't changing care. the environment to support. You want to be in the most possible, powerful environment. You know, I was, you know, I was in a mansion last year and I didn't get along with my landlord, so I didn't want to renew my lease. And I move out, but I, I thought I would end up coming to an agreement with them, but I didn't. So I had like three days to find a new spot. So I found this spot, it was like 10K a month. I went from a 40K a month mansion, 10,000 square feet, crazy house. Yeah. Just like 3,000, sounding like crazy, but truly 3,000 square foot house. It's like $10,000 a month in the hills, beautiful. But like, you know, most people would be like, wow, this house is awesome. But I didn't feel fulfilled in that house. That wasn't the environment I'm used to. I'm used to crazy, uh, you know, upgrading, not downgrading. So I felt like I just contracted. And although I was making a lot of money here, I didn't feel good. Genuinely didn't feel good. And I start looking for a new house. I'm like, I'm gonna break this lease. And ironically, as I'm looking for a new house, I say, I'm moving into this house tonight. Like tomorrow, I'm gonna move into this house, no matter what. And I tell all my friends, I'm like, yo, you know, yeah. come with me to the gym. They're at my house, let's go to the gym. We come back, someone broke into my house. Someone robbed the house, right? And I'm like, wow, what are the odds that the day I wanna move out, someone breaks into my house and robs the house? I was so, everyone's like, oh, are you upset? I'm like, I'm ecstatic. I'm like, I have more of a reason to move out. Like, yes. This is awesome. This is fucking sick, you know? <laughs> bro, bro, I feel you so, it's funny. I felt that way when I bought my first new car because I had the money already, but I was, maybe I should save the money. And I had this older car and I hit a speed bump and the fucking trunk popped open and some gear fell out or some equipment, film equipment fell out. And I was like, I'm getting a car today. And I just went to the, and it was like a gift. I was like, great. 
gear broke, car broke, fantastic. I walked into a dealership and I said, I want that Jeep right there. That exact one. You want to take us for a test drive? I'm like, nope, that one. And I just left with it. And it felt so good. It's The universe makes room when you know what you, what you want. You it know, really does. Bob Proctor has a really famous thing that he says. And he goes, you know, if you have clothes in your closet you don't wear anymore, throw, throw them away. Yeah. And within a few months, your closet will be full again. Yes. Because in order to get what you want, you have to make room for it. Yes. So every time I'm in a bad relationship, I'm not making room for the relationship I truly want. Every time I settle, I'm not making room for the things that I truly want. So now my environment's incredible. I love my house. It's, it's open floor plan, glass everywhere. I love everywhere. it, it beautiful. It feels more homey than the last one. Yes, and there's lights yeah. everywhere. It's just a good vibe. You wake yeah. up and you feel happy all the, the time. The vibe feels more like an actual home home. Exactly, I wake up, I feel good. You know, and that to yeah. me is the, the number one thing. In my environment, I always wanna feel good. You know, I, I hate settling. So I, want, I woke up, you know, my friend took me, he has a Ferrari F8 Spider, and he took me around the block. And I just liked it. I'm like, okay. I woke up the next day and I went and bought one, you know? And I I woke up and I'm like, I want a Porsche GT3. I want a stick shift. I want it right now. Bought it two days ago, right? So I wake up and I just say, I'm going to go do it. Even if I didn't have the money to do it and I had to put on my Amex, I would go do it. I do yes. not care. And then it'll put you in a state to earn more money. And I make the money. I don't care. I'll yes. fucking find a way. And it's funny because for everybody out there listening, maybe cars isn't your favorite thing, but there is something that is to you, right? Something that is the valuable high-end experience yeah. for you, right? I, I love driving. Yes. That to me is thrilling, right? I yeah. enjoy the driving. Like I don't buy cars to show off. Like there are cars you could buy that would, if I took all my cars and I, you know, I have like yeah. probably like almost $2 million in cars. Yeah. If I took all of them and I just swapped them out for two cars, I could have two very, very sick ass cars that are probably the most expensive cars on the road. You look like you're having fun when you're driving them though. I, it, I, I, I think it seems joyous. Yeah, yes. I, I don't buy, look, I, I have some designer clothes, like all my suits, I love suits. So I'll buy very expensive suits. My right. suits are all custom tailored, like very expensive, you know. Taylor that, gang? Yeah, <laughs> thousands, thousands of dollar suits. But yeah. that's because I care about that. Other jackets and coats, very, very expensive jackets, coats. Regular clothes, I don't care what I'm wearing. Right. I don't give it, like shoes, I only wear like Adidas Ultra. Because you know what's valuable to you. Yeah. Some things are worth the, the money, some things aren't. But, but I, also, I, yeah. I don't wear it to show off. People wear things to show off. I don't care about showing off. Right. I care about what I like, you know? And I think a lot of people make this mistake where they, they want to prove themselves to everyone. Right. I don't need to prove myself to anyone. I don't care, don't like me. Don't fucking, I don't, I don't need it. I do this for me. Yes. You know, so like so, the other day I was talking to this girl, she's like, why'd you get a Porsche? I'm like, because I wanted to. She goes, well, you know, I like Lamborghini. I'm like, go go get one. You know, like go date a guy with one. What do you what do you mean? Yeah. She's like, starts laughing. And she's like, no, I actually like your car. I was just testing you. I'm like, okay. You know, it's just I don't give a fuck. I don't I don't get it for girls. I didn't yeah. get it, you know, not that girls don't like it, but like, I didn't get it for this. I get it because you know, you ask anyone, even yeah. Joe Rogan, what car is the most fun car to drive? Porsche GT3. Even Elon Musk says, besides the Tesla, he's like, I would get a Porsche. I love Porsche. Yes. Right? Porsche is my favorite car. It's for your own personal enjoyment. It's my favorite car. Yes. You know, I've had every car. I've had McLarens. I've had Ferraris. I've had every car you could think of. And maybe people would be more motivated to go after their goals if they actually knew what was that What was that Porsche for them. Yeah. It, it, right? It, I, I feel like we'll pay, we'll ask for a discount on the Honda. Nobody gets a discount on a Lambo. Yeah, there is none. You pay, there is none. Bro, I mean, yeah. I've spent, in the last year, I've spent over a million dollars of Porsche. Like $1.3 million of Porsche. I yeah. still paid $55,000 over MSRP, which is the greatest deal probably in the country right. for a brand new GT3, right? Right, And it, like the minimum one is like 80K for a used one over sticker right now. So, right. you know, I, it's like people don't realize, I, I saw this, this stupid fucking reel. This guy's like, I ordered a GT3 RS. They're going for 150 over sticker right now. Minimum, like 125, minimum, right? Right. And he goes, yeah, you know, I ordered it and they didn't want to sell it to me because it's 125 over sticker and I want an MSRP. And it's like, brother, 
First of all, even if you bought it 125K over MSRP, what do you think you're going to sell it at? Right. 125K over MSRP. Right. That's what it's going to sell out in three years from now. Scarcity mindset already if yeah. he's not it's seeing like, the value. It's, it's their brains like, well, the value says this, but that's not what the value is because you can't get it anywhere. If you go to the super, if you go to gas, right, and the value gas is a dollar, but you can't buy gas for a dollar a gallon anywhere, then that's not the value of gas. Yeah. <laughs> the value is what you can actually pay for it. And yeah. what you could sell it for. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the whole point is these people are delusional. It's like what you're really saying is you can't afford that extra 100 to 125K. It's like you might as well get something yes. else. Well, Jim Rohn used to say that. He was like, nothing's too expensive. You just can't afford it. That's true. It's exactly it. There's yeah. nothing I can't buy that I want. Yeah. So, and if I want it, I'll find a way to buy it. Yes. You know, when I was younger in 2020, I went to Maldives. Most expensive resort in the country, $50,000 a night. <laughs> Okay, just for the villa, not including food, not including anything. Plus flights. Damn, plus it wasn't all inclusive? No. 50K plus the plus dinner everything, bill. Plus yeah. everything. And, and it's uh -huh. very expensive. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, I can't afford this. My client can. I'm going to make money and go there. So I made like 50K going to this vacation and had the most luxurious experience. Yeah. You had a reason to make the 50K. Yeah. It's like people that uh, are like starving and then they get somebody pregnant. And now they have a reason to make more money. Exactly. Oh, because I have a kid. You know what? Yeah. You just right now gave me an idea. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to go to Maldives and I have a seminar coming up. And uh, I am going to do it in this Maldives. I'm going to do a retreat. I'm going to sell this retreat in the Maldives. Uh, sell retreat at Maldives. Awesome. Thank you very much. What was the first time you were able to help your parents out? Yeah, I think when I was younger, I remember we had like these fundraiser chocolates. Mm-hmm. And I would go around, I'd knock, knock on apartments and I was selling them, you know, for like $5 of chocolate. Yeah. And I, I'd just give my mom the money. You know, I didn't value money, I didn't care. But I knew it helped her out. And I knew like giving her like extra hundred bucks was like a big deal at the time. So that was, I remember I would do that when I was really young, like eight, nine years old, I'd go around like selling chocolate, you know? And I didn't even know what sales was. I didn't give a fuck, you know? And it was just selling so easy. Chocolate was such a hustle, bro. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Those yes. like fundraiser chocolates. I used to keep the box and keep flipping candy afterwards. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I, just, I just would do that all the time, um, yeah. you know, and I, I was just, I would always help in ways that I can. Like I wouldn't do my laundry, wouldn't make my bed, you know, even when I was younger, I wouldn't. Marcel hates the laundry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'd take out trash, I, I, I don't do that. But you know, I, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was always a good kid and I would help in any way I can. But you know, in my adult life, like, you know, I, I just bought my dad a Turbo S cab, like a brand new Porsche. I bought him a Targa, S, a Targa 4S, you know, uh, both brand new. Uh, a, a truck. I bought my mom a G wagon. I bought them a house. Um, you know, I. Do you remember the first big purchase? The first big help I after mean, you started making real money? Well, the first thing I I remember in 2018, I got my dad a like a thirty thousand dollar Carrera S Porsche convertible uh, stick. It, it was like thirty thousand. It was crazy, you know. Um, and then, oh, the first C8 Corvette in the country. I remember in 2020, I bought him that the first C8 Corvette. And then he. Did wanted, he know it was coming? Uh, no, I just, I bought it for him the same you day. You showed up one day? Yeah, so that same month, I bought that AMG GT. I bought another AMG GT that Mercedes, I told you, I made like the, yeah. all that money for. I bought another one for one of the coaches working for me. Yeah. Uh, and I bought my dad a C8 Corvette. And then he didn't like it because it wasn't convertible. So I bought him the first convertible C8 Corvette in the country right after. <laughs> bought my mom a G-Wagon, um, bought them an RV, um, two jet skis, uh, which we haven't even taken out. So, you know, it's <laughs> kind of fucking stupid. But uh, yeah, I think that was the first thing, you know, Buying the house was the biggest thing in 2020. I bought them. 2021, I bought them that. That was that was a cool thing. Um, I haven't even bought myself a house. You know, I'm just, I like renting. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I I don't know. Like, the, the biggest thing is they can buy whatever they want. Like, I gave my mom, my sister, and my dad, they all have an Amex. They don't have a limit. They can buy whatever they want. 
you know, I, I don't think they'd be ridiculous, but you know, every month you could see the bill going up a little bit more, right? <laughs> they're getting more comfortable pushing it, which yeah. is good. That means that they're getting more abundant and they're willing to spend more money. So I don't really care. It makes me happy. You know, I, I think money's made to be spent. So why not? Why yes. not give it to your family? Give it to people you love. And, you know, if I go out to dinner with anyone, I'm paying. Yeah. You know, I, I cover dinner no matter what. I'm I'm buying. I'm, That's such a good feeling of when that shift happens in life. I, I couldn't, From chipping in to fighting for the bill. I couldn't even chip in. I remember when I was younger, you know, I couldn't yeah. even afford Cheesecake Factory. My friends would be like, hey, come with this Cheesecake Factory. And I, I wanted to go so bad. I wanted to go sit there, you know, and I'm just like, how embarrassing. I don't even have the money. You know, I'll never in my life be broke again. Yeah. Ever. Ever. I will not allow it to happen. You know, yeah. I will never not be able to eat at the fanciest fucking steakhouse and pay for everyone at the table. I'll never feel like I can't buy the car I want, make my bills, or live in a beautiful home. I, I mean, I had a chef for three years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> only reason I don't have one right now is because he went to Vegas. Yeah. There's a standard of living that I do not ever want to leave. Because you also know what's possible. And, and when, you really, possible. when you literally have a reference, not just you're visualizing, but when you feel it, you touch it, you're like, oh, this is... Well, look, if you, me. if you taste it, yeah, that's the thing. Someone who's confident can taste the new standard, immediately adopt it. Mm -hmm. Someone who's not confident, taste it, doesn't say, it says it's not for me, walks away from it. Yeah. So as long as you know that you can do it because you believe in yourself, there is no limit. Yes. You know, I hang out with billionaires and they go, Marcel, you spend more money than me. And I'm like, you should probably spend more. <laughs> you know, like life is short. Yeah. I'm, I'm only going to be 25 once. Right. You know, my, my best friend just bought a brand new, actually C8 Corvette yesterday, uh, convertible. Because I remember when we were driving it, he's like, oh, I'm going to get one of these. Yeah. You know, and it was just like a more symbolic thing, but it was super fun. He bought it last night and that's why I slept three hours because we were, he shows up to my house. He was at a dealership at night. You know, bought it at night. He just spontaneously said, fuck it, I'm going to go buy it. So he buys it at night and then uh, shows up to my house at like 2 a.m. So I take out my new Ferrari and we just drive around till like fucking like five in the morning. That's amazing. You man. know, and then okay, this morning. Life. I, yeah. And I had a couple events today. I had to wake up. I'm like, fuck, it's <laughs> so hard. So yeah, I, I better make up my sleep tonight because I have a seminar coming up this weekend. So I got to. Gotta make sure I get some rest, but, but what, you know. What would be some basic, um, yeah, okay, we have like 20, 30 minutes left. Yeah. Um, what are some tips you can give people right now, actionable steps they can do today to start creating turnarounds in their own life? First thing is know what you want. You know, people are like, hey, I wanna make, if you're making 5K a month, you wanna make 10? That's not what you want. That's what you think you can get. There's a difference between what you think you can get versus what you want. Woo, you, say that again. There's, there's a massive difference between thinking, hey, this is what I want versus this is what I think I can get. Most people are in the paradigm of this is what I think is realistic, this is what I think I can get. So you say you wanna maybe double, well, I'm doubling my income. Yeah, but you didn't double anything. You made five to 10. That's not, 5K is not a lot of money, 10K is not a lot of money. Right. You could turn it around in one second. So I wanna make $30,000 a day. I wanna make a million a month. That's what I want, great. How much do I have to make a day? What am I going to sell? Who am I going to sell to? What type of products can I sell for that? Is it a product? Is it a service? If it's a service, how much do I have to sell? Less is more, right? I don't want to sell a thousand things. I want to sell one thing for 30 or one thing for 50 or one thing for 250K a week. What is that thing? What is valuable enough? How do I build it? How do I create it? How do I learn the skills that need that I need to sell, to market it, to make it happen? You put the pieces together. Once you have the outcome, do the math. Doing the math is how much do I have to make? Is it a product? Is it a service? Work backwards, then say, okay, what's the first thing I need to do right now? Okay, I need to start doing research. Where am I going to get it? What am I going to learn? How am I going to study? Make it happen. You don't know how to sell? Find good closers. You don't know how to market? Find a good marketer. You know, give them percentage commission if you don't have money to pay them at the beginning. And then transition later on. You know, they're not yeah. partners. Just give them commission. Yeah. Not equity commission. Yeah. You know, so start there and then take action. You don't believe in yourself? Then you're not going to do it. I don't care how much fear you have. Do it anyways. <laughs> don't care what anyone says. You can't do it. 
do it anyways. I've had You'll so many, learn more from the action anyway. So many successful people told me, Marcel, you're doing it wrong, this, that. I'm more successful than them now. Yeah. You know, by a lot. Yeah. And I'm way younger. So I don't give a fuck what people say. You know, I always say, I bring, I bring in people that can teach me about my, my company. You know, people have worked with Tony Robbins and people have worked with very, very big companies. And they're like, oh, we can help you out. They're like, do the strategy, do this. And I, I'm like, okay. I do everything they say, even though I know it's wrong. I'm like, didn't work. Because you don't know my business better than me. And when we you're just talking about this advice from the outside doesn't mean specific for you. Exactly. And yeah. you know, you'll have people in your company that will give you good advice and good insight, but nobody knows better than you. I know where my company's heading. I know when it's going well, or not going well. My whole company's cheering. I'm like, what the, what the fuck are you guys doing? We have problems. What do you mean we have problems? Look, this, this, this. I remember we had, um, we had a day where we were making like 100K a day, like mm. four days in a row. And everyone's cheering. Like, we're doing great. I'm like, no, we're not. We only closed four out of 50 calls. Four out of 50 calls. And they look at the wrong metric. They, yeah. They're looking at the total instead of the actual closing rate. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. Like, I'm like, leads right now are a gold mine. So we should be closing three to 400K a day on these fucking leads, not 100K a day. I'm like, this is horrible. They're like, no, it's not. Then lead quality dropped because I had this serendipitous time where you're getting all these great leads. It doesn't last. So you got to capitalize on the opportunity when it's there. And uh, you know, I was right. So a, a big thing is, is when the train arrives at the train station, Get on it. You know, people have, they think that abundant times remain. No, they don't. There are waves. You'll have a, a good time and a bad time, but it's the good times that average out the bad times. And you have better, you do better and better and better on the good times. And on the bad times you do okay. And eventually, you know, it kind of averages itself out. There's like good, a dollar cost averaging, right? It's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, take the consistent action, yeah. But as long as you're always on point, you're always taking advantage of opportunities, even when they're bad times, even when they last extended periods, you'll, you'll crush it. Yeah, you know? people do tend to think that things are going to be permanent, that if it's bad, it's going to keep going bad, or if it's good, it's going to keep going good. Whatever they believe, they believe, right? Yeah. So if I believe it's good, it's always going to be good. It's actually, a, it's, it's an illusion. If I think, oh, it's good, it's always going to be good, and I'm not preparing for it, it's because I'm delusional. I'm actually lying to myself because I believe it's going to be bad or refuse to face the reality. Now, how do you discern between that and uh, thinking about what you want versus you don't want versus being aware that it's not always going to keep going so good? So I just, I, I, I have something, it's called reality testing. People with narcissism have a very hard time with this. Okay. Reality testing is the ability to see reality, but not let limiting beliefs blind you. Mm. So is it reality that someone can make a million a month? Yes. How much does Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk make a day? Right. 100 million, 50 million? Like they make a ridiculous amount of revenue every day. You know what I mean? A crazy amount of revenue. So if they can do that, why can't I make a million in a month? Of course I can. Of course I can. Someone else could do it, I could do it. So... It's not that I can't. Now I have to say, all right, what's in the way? What's, where, where is what I'm doing taking me? Right. And there's always variables. In my company, the variable is marketing, sales, fulfillment. Fulfillment, I'm always gonna be consistent in. My sales team's gonna be inconsistent. My marketing's gonna be inconsistent. So I always gotta be on top of these two and see what's going on with these. And when you have amazing sales and amazing marketing, I double down, I scale. I'm like, guys, we gotta go, 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 go. You know, and, I, and I'll even scale on the fulfillment side. I'll start selling more. I'll be hungrier. I'll, I'll try and make the pot bigger. So to, so to take, what, uh, to distill what you just said, what I'm hearing you say is understand where you are right now and where that's leading. Yes. Not that you're focused on what you don't want, but just ask yourself, if I keep doing the same shit I'm doing today, where's that going? Yeah, what got you to where you are may not get you to where you want to be because things change. Right. Times change. Environment changes. So I might have a trading strategy in Bitcoin. Like when you have a bull, when you have a bull market, you're not really gonna lose money. Right. 
when you don't have a bull market, you lose money and you got to change the strategy. So, you know, where, where are things going? Like right now, you know, the average cost of a house in 1979, I believe, was $39,500. Today, it's over half a million dollars. Right. The same house. It doesn't mean that you made money. It just means that it costs a lot more to buy the same house. Right. Because money is way less valuable. Right. So it's not a good investment. You know, same thing happens with, with time. As time goes on, it's not that you're necessarily doing something that's making you more. You just think you might be making more. I always say you got to be, re what is reality? Reality isn't negative. People think reality is negative. That's subjective. That's an mm. opinion. Reality can be good or it could be bad. These are the facts. What do I want to do with these facts? And I think that's what people have a hard time doing. They have a hard time looking at the facts. These are the facts. The facts are that this is not as good as it should be. Right. So therefore I got to improve it and I got to change it. I have foresight. The facts are my sales guy decided to be late for three meetings in a row and he's a bit less energetic and he's showing signs of disinterest. He's going to quit within two weeks. We need to replace him. These are the facts. That's not you focusing on the negative. That's you being real, seeing what's actually happening. The sooner you aware. face the problem, the sooner yeah. you find a solution. Yes. If you choose to ignore the problem, then you're going to have more problems. Yes. If I see a fire and it's just a spark, put it out. Don't let it become a forest fire. Don't let it become a flame. Don't let it build up. A lot of people avoid problems. Don't avoid the problem. See the problem, meet it where it's at, and destroy it. What's that book says? The obstacle is the path. True. Yeah. You know, because you would have never reached that obstacle if you weren't making progress. As you make progress, as time goes on, right? Time's going to go on no matter what. So I can decide if I want to make as much progress as possible in this amount of time or not. Yeah. And if I'm not meeting obstacles, it's because I'm not putting myself in a position where problems show up. Yeah. Now people say, well, more money, more problems. No, more money, more things. You do more things. People have the wrong association to the idea of problems. People who are dead have no problems. Yes. Right? Like when I go snowboarding, the, the problem is how can I get up this jump? It's not a problem. It's, just, it's a challenge. When you start your business, it's just life is about having better quality of challenges and the flow state that I'm in while I'm solving. Well, them. let's say for every hundred things you do, there's one, one problem. So 1% of things are problems. Yeah. Well, as you get bigger, you're doing a thousand things or 10,000 things. So you're yeah. gonna have more problems, but it's not that you're having more problems, it's that you're just doing more. Yeah. So I see problems as a sign of I'm doing more. Now, yes. maybe if I keep getting the same problems, the same problems, I'm doing something wrong. Right, like, like is, it, is it a, is it a, a problem yes, that's supposed to happen or is this like a pathological problem that's yeah, repeating? Yeah, yeah. Is this a pattern that isn't happening? You know, like why is it that I find great closers and then they keep quitting? Okay, what's wrong with the culture? What's wrong with who I'm hiring? What's wrong with what, when did, when did it shift? There was a moment it shifted. When did it shift? Oh, they made a lot of money and then it shifted. Am I giving too much commission? Is that what's happening? These guys aren't used to making a lot of money and now they're making too much? No, right. maybe, I don't know, right? So I have to now problem solve Yeah. and then try and predict and fix. A lot of people, Instead of dealing with the problem, they allow it to sit there and ignore it because it feels better to pretend that you're doing well than it does to understand that maybe you're not. Ooh, say that again. It feels better to pretend it, that you're yeah, doing well. Yeah, it feels better to be delusional. Oh, things are going great when they're really not. I don't like to lie to myself. Yeah. So, you know, am I going to be extremely extreme? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be bigger than Tony Robbins. I'm going to be the biggest person in this space. I'm yeah. blowing up right now. I'm going to continue blowing up. I'm not worried about it. Does that mean that I just stop? I stop making content, I stop going on podcasts, I stop filming? No, I double down, I go even harder. Yes. I went, went from posting once a day to twice a day. I might, should, I might even start posting three times a day. Yeah. You know, just double down, make better content, post, grind, work, scale, focus. Like people are lazy, they don't wanna do it. They'd rather be like, oh yeah, you know, life's great, but it's not. Yeah, and there's a misconception about positivity, right? Because you're aware of where things are and you're positive about where they're gonna go. Yes. But you're not delusional about where they are. Yes. You're like, no, there's real problems here. That's not me being negative. That's me saying the boat is leaking, 
but I'm positive we're gonna get to the island. Like what's the difference between yeah. being insecure in a relationship versus not? My girlfriend decides to go out with her girlfriends to a club. Okay, great, she's not my girlfriend. Why? Because I don't like it. I don't care if she's cheating or not. I don't like it. So therefore, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Now you're like, well, you're controlling? No, I just don't like it. She right. knows I don't like it from the beginning. She doesn't have to be with me. I don't like it, it's my standard. Controlling is, oh, it's fine. Why are you going, huh? Why, I'm not trying to change you. You show me what you are and I decide if I want to commit. Yes. And I'll show you what I am and you decide if you want to commit. This is who I am, this is who you are. Are we compatible? Maybe not. Yeah. That's reality. Not viewing reality is, well, maybe they'll change. Why? Delusion. I'm not here to make you change. I'm here to make you align with whoever you're with. If I, it's not me, it's not me. I just went through that with a girl I've been dating recently, you know, because I always do open relationships in poly. And I was telling her, I was like, you don't have to be my style. My style isn't right and your style isn't wrong, but this is how I live my life. And I'm letting you know right up front, this is what I'm doing. And for, and for a while, she was like trying to like get with it, but not fully. And I'm like, it's okay. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Yeah. But this is how I'm living. 100%. Yeah. Don't come to my life trying to change it. Yes. Hung out with someone yesterday and they're like, yeah, you know, I don't like the color of your chairs in your kitchen. Uh, you <laughs> what know. a random comment. <laughs> yeah, like just a bunch of things like, oh, we should change this, change that. And I'm like, uh-huh. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're coming to my life to change me. Like, does it look like that's going to happen? No. <laughs> you know, it's like someone, I love when I hire closers. They're like, yeah, your closing process isn't good. Okay. When you close as much as I've closed personally, you can give me feedback. Yeah. When you're as good of a closer as me, I'm one of the best closers in the world, then give me feedback. I don't need you to tell me how to, how to close. I don't need you to tell me about psychology. I need you to come in and just be good and coachable. Yes. That's all I care about. Be coachable, be ready to make more money. You know, I have the Ivy League of sales. I have the Ivy League of leads. I have the best leads, the best sales, the best quality. People come in, only thing you can do is unsell them. They come in wanting, like, imagine that guy came to you and you're like, yeah. I want this Jeep. You're like, well, that Jeep's broken. It was an accident. Like, he unsold you. Right. That, that's the only time you don't get a close. Especially when you have a hot lead. When the hot lead is coming to do it, There's, just get out of their way. Just fucking, sometimes you don't even need the whole sales pitch. You just say, where's your card? We get about 140, yeah. 150 book calls a day. Yeah. Qualified calls. People are making over 120K a year. Yeah. You know, there is no way I'm not closing two a day. Right. There's no way. Even if half don't show up. My team has to be horrible for me not to close two a day. Now, when you're closing, what is the main product that you sell? Like, what is the range of products in your personal business that yeah, you sell? Yeah, anything from like, a course or a seminar, all the way up to- Seminars are in-person events. In-person events, or sometimes over Zoom if they can't make it, but we prefer to only- But like a, a set time, like a, like a weekend. Yeah, like a week, exactly. Okay. Uh, or, you know, you got my mastermind, it's called Breakthrough Accelerator, and this lasts for a year. And this thing is amazing. Like, it's literally every week you get a piece of content from me. You know, I, I've been doing this for three years, twice a week. So we took the best 52 pieces of content and we had AI, my AI, rate it on a scale of zero to 10, anything less than a nine or, or, or below, disqualified immediately. Then we had about a hundred and something piece of content left. We had it pick the best one. So it actually ended up being a 9.5 out of 10 or, or below. So now we have right. a standard. And we got 52 pieces of content in order, structured, homework, everything. So now you watch those. Once a month, I get on a call. Instead of just teaching you for an hour and not getting results, I teach you now. And then I do interventions, nonstop. So I'm changing people's lives left and right. You're going through this, bam, so change. people sign up for this group to get uh, this content that gets speeded to them. Yeah, and and then they have a once a month actual, like a, like a group call with you yeah, or something. So the content installs my mindset, my skill set into their life. So they're going to learn how to influence people at the highest level. They're going to learn how to have complete control over their mind. They're going to literally improve 
improve their life and reprogram their brain for their wealth, their health, and their relationships. Now, I got people in the program of pro athletes. I got celebrities. I got entrepreneurs. It's super exclusive. So I always interview everyone before I let them in. Like truly, I interview them before I let them into this program. Very, very nurturing over this group. And uh, what's the price point range for that? Yeah. So for Black Friday, we're actually doing it for 15K for the year instead okay. of 30. So that's one so thing. So it's usually 30K for the year. Yeah. Also, you know, people want to talk to me. They're like, Marcel, I want to pick your brain or they have a question on the thing. They're watching it. They can't get to me. I have an AI that knows every video, every moment of the video, every question will answer everything for you. You can talk to it 24 seven. That's included in it. You also have access to most of my online courses. You have access to four VIP tickets to my seminars. So you come in person, you network with some of the awesome, you know, coolest people in the world. Um, it, it is, I have yet to have someone go on that program and be dissatisfied. That is my flagship program. You know, we have 300 members. It's Amazing. insane. It's it, it's awesome. And so that's then, the consistent business all the way through. Well, yeah, the year. So, yeah. So that's one of them. You know, then I have other seminars. Like I have a seminar coming up this week and it's 15K a person. It's called Mental Millionaire. I'm literally reprogramming their brain to be millionaires. Like I'm brainwashing them for two days. It's the hardest event you can ever do ever. I love that. And it's crazy. But they come out with that, like with the most insane results. That's what I do for my one-on-one -on -one clients that pay me a million dollars to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. That's the first thing we do is what they do at Mental Millionaire. And then I nurture it over the course of the year. Um, so we have digital product, we have events, then you have the top VIP clients. Yeah, top VIP clients. And then I have another uh, mastermind, which is more exclusive, which is 80K a year called Breakthrough Platinum. And that's very exclusive. I meet with them once a week. That's amazing. You're charging the same prices if not higher than Tony's. Like I did business mastery uh, this year and I think it was like 10K for the ticket. Yeah, and they guess Platinum is like 70 a year. Or something, yeah. So you're, but he, you're you're already being valued at the same amount. Yeah, but he also has like platinum lines, like 120k or something. Yeah. You know, and, you know, he he's a beast. Like you know, yeah. Tony Robbins is, is huge. No, but, he's uh, incredible. Yeah, I've been listening to him since I was a kid. But I'm saying the fact that you're charging comparable prices. I mean, look, I'll tell you this: in terms of skill, I'm the best in the world. Like I'm the best. You want someone to change their mindset? I'm the best in the world. You know, there is no competition. I think Tony Robbins is the best. I love Tony Robbins. I love him. I mean, I this is the guy I want to meet. You know? Yeah. But I, I think I'm the best in the world. What I do. Like yeah, and he's got to make room for the next generation. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I piggybacked off of a lot of him. I piggybacked off Jim Rohn. I piggybacked mm -hmm. off, off a lot of these people. I learned yeah. from them. I've, li I've listened to thousands of hours of Tony Robbins. Same. You know? yeah. So, I mean, I, I, know, I know his seminars by heart, yeah. a lot of them. So, you know, that stuff's in my head. And I'm so grateful for all of his stuff. Uh, I love him to death. And I think, you know, we're all on the same team. It, yes. It's not like we're not. There's, I think there's not enough of you. Yeah, there's the world needs so like I wish everybody in the country could do like his date with destiny seminar or your millionaire mindset. Like, yeah, yeah. so many people actually need this shit. One thousand percent. Yeah, you look you look at uh at Tony Robbins. He took what used to take twenty four days and he condensed it into three or five. Right. Yeah. You know, I take what takes three or five days and I condense it into an hour. Yeah. You know, and that's just kind of the next generation. Every time you have an attention span, you know, nineteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, it was fifty four minutes the average attention span. Today it's wow. seven seconds. Yeah. Seven seconds. So. You got to be more competitive. You got to get the attention. And he's captivating as hell. He's awesome. But, you know, his audience isn't as young. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Andrew Tate captivates the young audience, but he doesn't have the same skill set, I would say, that and, and he's got controversial perspectives and beliefs. Yeah. You know? I don't agree with everything he says. I think there's a lot of things he says that are cool and a lot of things that I don't, I don't agree with. I think you know? that one of the reasons that he blew up also, though, is because he represented a strong masculine frame. You know, but it comes from a weak one. It does. You it know, does. Like the, like the desire to yeah. go be a fighter, the desire to, like... You know, why do you want to smoke cigars? Like, the fuck? How yeah. is that even cool? Yeah. I don't I don't advocate for that. Like, that's disgusting. Yeah. You know, drinking alcohol, disgusting. Yeah. Like, like if you're really confident, you don't do that stuff. Mm -hmm. You don't need it. You know, you also, you know, and I think he doesn't really talk down. Maybe he used to, but like, you know, I've seen a lot of his comedy. He talks highly of women. He talks highly of people. Like, he, he has a lot of respect. Like, he has a great paradigm. He's very, very intelligent. Uh, very intelligent. But, but he's I, not actually teaching a lot of core stuff. I, I mean, I, but I, I've never gone through his stuff, so I can't tell you. 
Well, yeah, I, I've seen some of his real world classes, but I think one of the reasons that he succeeded though is because men are looking for that strong, he, friend, he had almost the, like a strong older brother that can show them ropes. He had the perfect marketing yeah. at the perfect time, yeah. implemented the perfect affiliate strategy, and that's why he blew up. Yes, the you affiliate know? strategy was through the roof. Uh, yeah, he was the first one to do it, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant marketer. Yeah. Perfect timing, it was a perfect recipe to blow up. And, yeah. you know, and he's blown up and he's, he's doing great. Yeah. Like, I, look, I still think that the mission he's on, the message he says is fantastic. I think that there's a better way to implement it and a more effective way to implement it. But, so and a more nurturing way to do it too. Yeah, and you know, you, yeah. you know, we talk about men and women, but like, I think both need to improve. You know, yes. at the end of the day, like when I'm alone, he says this too, you want a, a girl to hold you when you're feeling, you know, kind yeah. of sad. But I think there's, there's a way to teach people how to empower themselves. And everything comes from love. Everyone wants love. Everybody mm -hmm. wants more love. So, you know, mm -hmm. you just got to come from a place of love. And I think that, you know, I look, you don't have to agree with him. He doesn't have to agree with me. I don't have to agree with him, you know? And there's a lot of things I don't agree with him. There's a lot of things I do agree with him. There, you know, Tony Robbins, there's a lot of things I agree with. There's a lot of things I don't agree with. Yeah. And we're allowed to, you know, and that's that's the beauty of it. Everyone, people are going to resonate with him are going to go to him. People are going to resonate with him are going to go to him. People are going to want to resonate with me come with me, you know? Yes. And the thing is, my goal is when people come to me, I don't want them to have to come to me anymore. Come to me and that's it. You don't have to do anything else. Like you're going to have every tool you possibly need for the rest of your life. That's my goal. Yes. You know, my goal is not for you to keep coming back. I don't need recurring clients. There's plenty of people in the world. I just, I need to keep going through it, you know? And that's, that's my ultimate goal. My ulti you know, you asked me at the beginning of this, what, what was my goal? My ultimate goal is to make as many people as possible independent, uh, independent intellectually, independent emotionally, and have complete control over their mind and give I them agree. the tools to help others to do it too. I think the more people are doing that, the less damage they'll do to the world. Right, because then it becomes uh, counterproductive to be damaging to the world when you're actually living an abundant life. Hey, look, you don't need to hate anyone. You don't need to be angry at anyone. That's the, I always say anger is the dumbest strategy. Mm -hmm. Dumbest strategy, why? For what? For what should you be angry? You know, who, whoever got what they wanted being angry? You know, and you're like, well, Genghis Khan did. It's all right, so go mm -hmm. cut people's heads off. That's what you wanna do? <laughs> right. You know, there's a place that, you know, we have, we have so many more tools and people are evolving. We just got to come from a place of love. And, you know, even at the top, they're going to make us think we should hate each other. You know, I live with two Muslims. Yeah. You know, some of my best friends are Muslim. Yeah. I don't care. I'm Israeli. Right. I, I, I love them. They love me. Why should I hate them? Why should we hate, you know, each other? There's no reason to hate. I'm not them. They didn't kill me. I'm not killing them. We'll protect each other. We love each other. We're family. You know, I don't care about race, religion, color, skin. What I care about is beliefs. And if your beliefs come from love, then we align. And if they don't, then we don't. You know, and that's the, that's the ultimate thing. I love that, man. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for I having me. I appreciate your whole presence, man, and your whole mission. The I, world needs more of this. I appreciate you taking the time to have me on, bro. I, I love this stuff. Yeah. Uh, last thing, straight up, what are some actual phrases and self-hypnosis, actual things people can do, take away from this? You have to learn how it feels to be where you want be around someone successful, see what it's like. Like, you know, if someone wants to pay for my dinner, let them, because I'll pay. But I wanna know what it feels like to allow it. Why would I allow someone to pay for my dinner if I'm not trying to use them? Because I know that I will pay for theirs next time, right? So I know what it feels like to spend more money, to feel more abundant, to improve, be in the environment. Come to a fucking seminar. Like, be around me long enough and watch what happens to your mindset. Yeah. All of my friends make more money. My brokest friend makes 40K a month. My yeah. brokest friend makes $40,000 a month. Yeah. And we look at him, we're like, bro, you fucking broke. Yeah. You know? And it's just because you're in abundance. It, you want to be around these environments. Learn what it feels like to be there. Let your brain taste it. 
Because if you, you know, you play on a high school varsity team, that's one thing. Play on a championship high school varsity team, that's another thing. Play yeah. on a championship NBA team, that's another thing. Now, what if somebody says, Marcel, I don't have anybody positive around me? Go find them. Go find them. Don't be negative. Dress nicer. Cut your fucking hair. Trim your beard. Brush your teeth. Smell good. Buy some cologne. Be presentable. Be offer value. Don't just go there. Hey, come, come do this for me. No, let me be of service. Not a bitch, but let me be a service. Yes. Hey, man, let me help you out. Like you know, I invited Lamar Odom yesterday. We went out to a club. I bought the table. Yeah. You know, me, and my buddy Zach, we bought the table. Yeah. Whatever. Even though he could have afforded to do it, you bought the value. Could, yeah. yeah. You know, who cares? Uh, we're inviting yes. him. Come hang out with us. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna offer value. I'm gonna hang out with him. Why not? But I'm not going there like, give me this, give me that, you know, post me on, on this, uh, give me, oh, I don't need that. I'm here to hang out, man. I don't, I, like, I, I don't care one way or another if someone's famous or not. He's just a cool ass guy. I love basketball. Grew up watching so, Lakers. So get around some proximity to- Be, be to around the right people, taste it. Go into a car dealership that's expensive. Feel like you're going to buy the fucking car. Yes. See that you're going to buy it. Maybe even buy it. Yeah, sit in it, feel it, smell it. Yeah. Touch it, feel the wheel. Yeah. Like, well, we're not going to let you buy it. Well, then they sense that you're not in the right emotion. I never. I could walk into a car dealership as a hobo. They're gonna fucking sell me a car. Yeah. They don't judge me. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know. So you go in there with that mi mindset. They're gonna give you whatever you want. Like I wanted to get a Ferrari. I remember. Everyone was just like, "Hey man, can we give you this? Can we give you this? Can we give you this?" You know, Porsche. Yeah. They take care of me. They're like, "Hey, what's up, Marcel? What's up, bro?" Everyone knows me by name there. They all love me. They pound me. And what you said is so true to about bringing value because really you could be. And I used to actually live in Kentucky. You can find successful people anywhere. It's what are you bringing to the table for them. Yeah. Right. Go get their coffee. Be their assistant. Whatever it is. Like, be like, t literally taste the vibration of the thing that you want. Yeah. Feel yeah. it. Feel what it's like to be them. Yeah. And and live at that standard. I will not live at any lower standard. I don't like my job. Quit. But don't just quit and do nothing. Quit and go all in. Right. Get a better job. Be around a better environment. Learn from someone. Get their mindset. Take the action, no matter what. Exactly. You know who does a really good job of uh, of taking the action, no matter what? It's immigrants. Yeah, because they're hungry, because they know they value what they have here. They value the opportunity. They we see. value America so much more as immigrants, right? Because we're should. like, because we know what the difference is. And then there's also people who literally risk their lives crossing borders. They're all like, I don't like my place so much that I'm gonna give it all up to go. And then you got people living here, they're like, Oh, I can't quit my job. What do you there's people living their their like, entire lives like we behind? Said, they don't want it enough, right? Yeah. But you know, you <laughs> ask what will help someone to reprogram their mind. I'm willing to give everyone who's watching this a gift, right? You send me a DM on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, DYD, dominate your day. This is an audio I used to give my one-on-one -on -one clients a few years ago. And I made it only for them. They listen to it every day. It primes them for success and confidence and motivation. It reprograms their brain. And, you know, I used to, I released it and I had, I think like a thousand people buy it at 300 bucks, just like that, first day. And now, you know, I'm down to give it to people for free. I have a few new audios coming out, three new audios, and they're insanely powerful. I mean, they're both powerful, but these these are crazy. It's like the new 2.0 version of this. Dope. Um, so yeah, we'll put I'm, a link in the description. Yeah. 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 Let them, let them send me a DM, you know, DYD. And I'm happy to give you guys this audio. Just my team will, will I'll brief my team and I'll give it to you for free. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so. thanks for sharing your story, man. Thanks I for really having appreciate me. Appreciate it, man. Thanks I support for your me. mission, man. This is dope. I can't wait to see how it all builds up. Yeah. You know, we'll, maybe we'll do another one of these in like a year and see where it's at. Absolutely. Everybody, this is Marcel. Thank you for watching.